1: everybody welcome to the ggtmc we are live. we are back on the air and i'm not going to say the other thing all right oh,
2: i was about to say we are rocking and rolling that's
1: what i almost said there but <laughs> 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 all right so this week we got uh a cop in blue jeans another omg entertainment sponsored episode and uh a little euro crime action a little uh A little media action, a little Nico Giraldi, and uh, feedback. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, What have you been watching, Will?
2: I've been watching a lot of 2012 films, as hard as that would be to believe. (laughs) Um, Amongst them would be Seven Psychopaths. Yes. Which uh, which I know you're you're a big fan of you're a big fan of uh, McDonough more you're more of a fan of McDonough than I I'm not to say I don't like him he is good um, yeah, everyone was good in this it was fun it was nice to see Walk and do some actual acting again and and Farrell's a guy that I quite like um, everyone's great in it so yeah it's it's a good film um, then I did a really shitty Danish animated film it was William's choice. He's getting to have a rather spotty track track record, um, but hey, that's uh, I guess it's going to be some bumps in the road. But he picked a, a one on Netflix Instant called Police Patrol, and it's a Danish film, but a you know a anthropomorphic police car in a small town, and some evil corporate uh, mustache twirlers. But the worst thing about this was it has a an otter named Dotty that has a voice that's like an over caffeinated. Um, really grating uh, Pat from, like, SNL.
0: Ooh.
2: It's one of the worst voices I've ever heard in, in anything. Like, it just, it, oh, fuck, it killed me. But, you know, it wasn't very good. Um, but, hey, that's the way it goes. And then I watched how to The Plague, or A Plague, I should say. Yeah. A fantastic documentary on Netflix Instant about uh, the AIDS crisis in um, its inception and how the Sadly, uh, the gay community was treated and forced to rely on their own devices to if they were going to do anything or have any measure of, of survival uh, through this for those that were afflicted with it. And it's, it's, it's shocking and exciting to see in our lifetime that that sort of stuff happened. Yeah. Um, the way those people were treated, it's, uh, it's horrible. Um, then I did Teddy Bear, which was uh, also Netflix Instant the Bryn recommended. Um, it's a, it's a good film. It's, uh, it's very pleasantly surprised. Another Danish film, I believe the Danish, um, about a, you know, very, a guy who's an actual bodybuilder and his relationship with his mother, his mother's very domineering and he's a bit meek around her. And he goes to Thailand to find love and, uh, it's a good little film. Um, the wife and I had some movie passes, so we decided to, to go see a film. They were going to expire the following day, so we kind of got squeezed into seeing. It was really slim pickings as far as the theater went. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot to pick from, sadly. So I kind of said, you know, maybe we'll go with the Soderbergh joint here. And we went to see side effects. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. It's very by the numbers. You know, six, six, maybe six and a half territory. Um I really don't get the fuss over Rooney Mara I really don't um, she's becoming an it girl and I think that her sister Kate is infinitely better than she is and uh, man I don't I don't think as, as, as an aside as, as a pig I don't think she's attractive
0: mm-hmm.
2: She's got this Jennifer Connolly eyebrow thing going on and uh, <laughs> oh man I don't know and she, she again she gets naked in this one she's fucking riding. Uh, Channing Tatum. It's like she—that's become her thing. She's like the Sharon Stone
0: yeah.
2: of uh, the stage. I don't know. It's—it's it, okay. It's all some very obvious beats, but um, but it's nice to see Jude Law working. He's a great actor who was a little oversaturated a few years ago, and has kind of found some redemption or a measure of redemption through working with Soderbergh. So I hope he doesn't go out now, though, because he is a very great filmmaker. Um, then I did one that I've been highly anticipating: more Cram. This is not a film. It's an Iranian documentary about the frustrations from a humanitarian and from artistic, an artistic standpoint that uh, Iranians and specifically Iranian filmmakers face trying to get their films made, and uh, it's very very good. Um, next up was one I had I host for another Taiwanese film. It's You Are the Apple of My Eye, and it's a coming of age boy meets girl. Uh, not even Boy Meets Girl Boy, realizes he likes Girl because they've been in school together for some time. And this is what them and their circle of friends growing up over a 10-year period, and it's it's uh, very much based on the director's life. Um, it's a little bit make-cute in spots, but it's a very, very good. It's a very well-made film. Uh, I will definitely keep an eye on everything that this filmmaker does hmm. going forward. Um, it you know has some gross-out humor, um, but it also has a lot of heart. And uh but really well made. That's what I kind of take away from it, and you know some genuinely heartfelt moments. So, yeah, very good film. Um Next up was one that I'm still I'm still kind of tossing around in my head. I, it's a very dense film. I'm gonna to have to watch it a few more times. I know, I know, I, I quite like it. I I just don't know everything. I think that it was it was going for, and that's Paul Thomas Anderson's the master. Yep. So. Speaking of uh, comebacks, it's nice to see Joaquin Phoenix. who's one of my probably top five favorite actors back in a saddle. Um, so hopefully he'll uh, hopefully he'll stay now and do a little more work for us because he's, he's one of my favorites. He's just such an amazing actor, an amazing presence uh, you know to see him and the whole cast' just uniformly fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did uh, last film I did was compliance. Which is one of those films that, you know, I had about 90 minutes before I had to go to bed and I figured I'd watch it it with the wife. She'd probably want to watch it with me. And uh, it's one of those films that if it wasn't real, um, you couldn't make it because people would say your movie is so fucking illogical and that would never happen. (laughs) So, you know, I don't think it's as good as it's not going to be on my top 30. Um, I don't think. Um, I think it's a good film, but I think the director makes a few big missteps. But it's a first-time filmmaker, so it was definitely a very well-made film considering it's, um, they were very wise. He pick the material he did as far as um, limitations of budget. And the great thing about that that I didn't know, um, thinking about that film, was that Pat Healy, who's been interviewed on our show, super-duper great guy, uh, is in the film. Yeah. So that's very cool, but uh, that's an instant as well so that's that was my week.
1: yeah I think uh, <clears throat> Pat Healy and uh, Fake Chimp and I were on Twitter one day talking, and uh the real story is even more crazy than the story in the movie so
2: oh yeah, and, and the real story involves uh I don't, actually I don't want to say it, but uh, yeah, yeah. when I, I heard about something in my wife, I thought, oh. I got to speak to a dear friend of mine about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you probably know where I am going with that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty appalling stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty good, pretty insane.
2: <coughs> oh geez, yeah, but like I said, if it wasn't real, you'd be like, "This is ridiculous." No one's gonna believe this. Yeah. No. So there you go.
1: Interesting stuff. Uh, okay, I watched uh, I watched a few things, a couple things you watched as well. I uh, watched. I uh, I have a hard time saying the word arbitrage. Arbitrage. Mm-hmm. Watch that arbitrage arbitrage, arbitrage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh that was the richard Gere film richard is really great in this the film's pretty good it's not great but uh he is great in it um another really great performance him. nobody plays a smug asshole better than richard Gere. i don't think i think he's, I think
2: he's <laughs> have him and michael douglas ever been in a film together
1: i don't know they should though <laughs>
2: you a smug asshole
1: oh, yeah this is great stuff man <laughs> he's really really good in the film though um it's awesome. a good movie it's a good movie it's not a great movie um <clears throat> the pirate bay away from keyboard this was uh released i think a couple weeks ago out on the internet uh surprisingly enough and uh i checked it out on youtube um it's good. It's just uh, it's a bunch of basic facts and stuff. Um, interesting ideas. Um, I think the guys behind the power bay contradict themselves a lot. But, but you yeah. know, as as can be the way it goes. So interesting it's, stuff, it's,
2: though. It's, it's away from keyboard? That's what the AFK stands for?
1: Yeah. TBB.
2: Fuck, I didn't know. Or AFK. I know. I knew the TBB portion, but I, I had no idea what AFK was. So that's oh. good to know.
1: Away from keyboard um checked out uh, a little espn uh film sam Bowie going big or going big sam Bowie. well i think it's just called going big story of sam Bowie though um pretty famous here he still lives here in the state Kentucky. down election in a couple about an hour for me um but uh yeah he's got a you know he's got a storied history in the nba and uh, forever will always be known as the guy that was drafted in front of michael jordan um of course, Akim Olajuwon was a draft in front of him too, but Akim Olajuwon had a story that career.
2: worked out a little better. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Sam Gui's legs uh, failed him quite a bit. So, still had a pretty decent career, but uh, yeah, the promise never lived up to the promise due to so many injuries. So, it's a shame. The graphic injuries of that. Um, Checked out, uh, like, I checked out The Master as well. Uh, very well acted film, looks gorgeous uh the film's saying a lot. I, although I think down deep I think the film is just really about for me it's just really about a relationship.
2: Uh, uh, yeah it's it's about oh uh, yeah it's
1: and uh oof, stuff. it's uh it, it, it for me I can say this. Uh it's it's the first Paul Thomas Anderson film where I felt like he was kind of looking for things while he was making it. I don't feel like he really had a total grasp of what he wanted to do, or he was afraid to offend somebody, which is kind of surprising dis- for him. I, dis-
2: I disagree completely, respectfully. I,
1: I know he came up with something in the beginning and what he said he was going to do, and then it seems like he he went the other way with it. But you know that that's that that's of course that's his thing; it's his choice. But uh, yeah, I just think there was so much more he could have got into there, but he he kind of went the other way. But it's it's okay because the, the the relationship's so good. Um, yeah. but between the two leads, um a
2: lot, I didn't, of I, women, a lot of naked women, women dancing around the piano.
0: too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I didn't really have any issues with the 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 methods of the the messages of the film. Everybody keeps telling me that he'd see it. I, I think I got it put down pretty much right from the get go. But uh, I think I see what he was going for pretty much. But I did like Kubrickian the relationship quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's kind of Kubrickian in a way. Uh, it's definitely interesting. The you put this and there will be blood together, and of course, there will be blood's more of a sociopath story. But uh, mm-hmm. you put them kind of these these kind of uh, period pieces he does. Uh, they the themes and stuff are pretty interesting. Uh, pretty
2: interesting. They stuff. are, and it's an. They absolutely are. And it's an interesting divide to these two films versus his previous work, which had a more Altman, Altman Scorsese vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These two of these two are much more cynical films.
1: Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, <clears throat> and then I checked out a uh, compliance as well, uh, which I liked quite a bit. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I didn't have too many issues with it. Uh, I know. Uh, I think uh, Loaf or somebody had some problems with the boyfriend, but if you read the real story, the boyfriend's even more insane. And yes, uh,
2: he is. <laughs> which, which, which was one of Chris Davies CDR's problems is that. <laughs> They almost painted him in a favorable
1: light. Yeah. It's almost which, even more insane if you read really into the case and stuff. But.
2: Oh, God. It's so insane. I can't believe it. It's... Yeah. Ah, man, oh, man. It's... uh.
1: But, but I liked it quite a bit. I mean, it kept me entertained, and it was a very small film. Uh, most of it took place, and it looked like maybe a... I don't know, like some kind of storage closet, and it looked like... Uh, which is much bigger than the actual storage closet, I can tell you that. But it's just it it looks uh it looks at people's uh, blind obedience to authority and it's pretty interesting pretty interesting
2: mm-hmm. the the uh, off putting thing for me was the lead girl who's got a pretty unfortunate respectfully first name her first real name is dreama
1: yeah dreama d
2: r e a m a dreama, dreama. Mm-hmm. uh she looks a lot too much like one of my good high school friends first wives yeah but, like, a prettier version because the other girl had a kind of severe overbite, but or something, just a weird mouth. But uh, it's just it was weird to see her because it's like, man, that looks like this girl, and, you know. But uh, that's an aside, <laughs> a little dreamer.
1: And then uh <laughs> finished up the week with uh, Undefeated, which uh, I think came out uh, a year ago or two years ago, finally coming out on uh, DVD this week. I rented it on iTunes a little bit early, and um. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. I definitely would recommend it. It's good stuff, man. Good one.
0: Okay. See it.
2: What state does it take place in again? Uh, Tennessee. Right. Okay. Good.
1: West Tennessee, down toward Memphis. But yeah, it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. Uh, it deals with uh, football. For those of you who don't know, um, but I don't think you really need to know anything about football to watch the film. So. If, so if you're not a football fan and you're avoiding it for that reason, uh, I would recommend you check it out because it's definitely – I mean, football plays a big part of the film, but it's not a uh, It's not a football documentary, more of a people documentary. So good stuff, very well made. Hate that I had to wait that long to see it, but that's the way it goes. Oh,
2: fuck, okay. I know, man, because I think I played Tip a few years ago, and I had a lot of great things about it, and I was really chomping at the bit to see it until the point where – I actually kind of forgot about
1: it. Yeah, it's one of those ones then, that's uh, been held on to forever now. But it's yeah, out, you know, it kind predict- of comes comes out this week. So
2: yeah, good, good. I'm gonna try to oh fucking another cram. I just I don't know where it's gonna end.
1: Yeah, the uh, it's weird with the Weinstein's when it comes to documentaries, they seem to hang on to those for a long time. The same thing with Bully. Bully comes out this week or came out this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to hang on to docs a long time for some reason. It's like their new kung fu film or something.
2: <laughs> oh fuck. I know. It's like they're yeah uh, they're using their Kung Fu methods on documentaries you now.
1: Very strange. All right, so that's everything we watched. We're gonna come back and talk about a little cop in blue jeans. Well Bruno Corbucci from nineteen seventy six. We'll take a short break. We'll be back right after this.
3: Hey there, boys and girls. This is Maverick New York filmmaker Abel Ferrara, director of such films as Driller Killer, Miss Forty Five, Bad
4: Lieutenant, China Girl, Beer City, and Nine Lives of the Wet Pussy. I'm not out power drilling hobos, smoking rock cocaine, hanging out with Bruce Willis. Uh, when I'm not doing
3: that, I'm listening to The Milk Creeps. the podcast, whatever the fuck that is. They covered my movie Driller Killer on the very first episode, so they're obviously sick fucks. If you like that kind of thing, check them out on Facebook or iTunes. Yeah, they're called The Mill Creeps. All right. For more information, go to facebook.com slash creeps, or look up the Mill Creeps on iTunes or Stitcher.
1: of uh, Thomas Melian dancing when that song's playing there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I gotta hold on to your Nick Cat for that
1: one. A <laughs> little, little dance move he does. He does like two like two dance moves uh, almost through the yes. whole series <laughs> of Nico <Diarelli> yeah. films. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our first film, well, our only film is uh, The Cop in Blue Jeans, 1976, Squadra Antiscipio. Antiscipio Antiscipio. Antisquipo. Yes. Or Schipo. Skeepo, And uh, this uh, plot synopsis goes as such. A top undercover cop finds and arrests a series of purse snatchers until he discovers an American at the top of an evil ring of thieves. Fucking Americans. <laughs> yeah. And an evil American would happen to be Jack Palance. Who's <laughs> in this movie for about ten minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's doing the Saxon thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Smoking like a freight train. But this is directed by one Bruno Corbucci, who, um, you know, quite uh, – he's the other Corbucci, first of all, but he's also quite involved in uh, – I think he directed all of the Giraldi films. I think, maybe Yeah, not. he
2: created he – cre- or, or almost all of them, because he created the character. Of course, yeah. Created
1: it. yeah, and uh, they were his big hit as a director, but as a writer, uh, Bruno wrote a bunch of stuff and uh, is responsible for a lot of stuff in the past – that, uh, you know, very influential. He he was the story credit for A Few Dollars More. He wrote Django. Uh, you name it. He wrote a bunch of stuff. Uh, I could go into detail, but, I mean, you're better off looking it up because he, he wrote so much stuff. It looks like 138 titles as a writer. So, including his last film, Cyber, or the last film he wrote, Cyber Flick, which is the uh, Terrence Hill marvelous, marvelous Marvin Hagler film. <laughs> direct of oh, Antonio Margaretti.
2: <laughs> oh, boy, we got to see that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but, uh, yeah, just direct, he wrote so much stuff. Just insane. I, I I couldn't even, the only reason why I don't, I mean, he wrote, he wrote Johnny Hamlet, which we did. He wrote, uh, like I said, A Few Dollars More, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, Django, uh, Shoot, Gringo, Shoot, The Great Silence. I mean, I just I could, I could go on and on and on.
2: A very accomplished writer.
1: Mm, yes, yes. A director uh who just you know he directed like 53 things but uh this is what he's probably most known for is the giraldi films so mm-hmm. i would say so yeah what did you think of a coffin blue jeans
0: yeah
2: i uh i'm i'm a kind of a fan of the series uh, i've seen maybe three or four of them um but it hasn't been a consistent pattern uh, there's one on my phone i gonna get in <laughs> the medicine ball now get down to business get down the brass Tax. This one I've seen, I've seen Cop and Drag, where of all things, and this one is the last one in the series, Giraldi fucking is in drag, Uh, I've seen a Formula One one he did, I want to say with Mario Merola, Uh, maybe he's in that, I don't know, anyway, mileage varies from film to film, Mm -hmm. Um, but Raro, put this one out, and... um, you know, it's certainly one of the better entries in the franchise. Um, it's a character that is very Italian, even by Italian film standards. Like, these these films play very much to a specific, like, an Italian audience, Roman audience. There's a lot of um, Italian kind of jokes and humor. See, because a lot of the Eurocrime films were being sold for international. So, as much as they were obviously Italian, some of the the humor and... and um, the references they kept them kind of anonymous or or explained in a way that would be clear to uh, international audiences, but this one still feels very Italian for what it's worth. So um, yeah, so we mentioned Omg, we mentioned Raro, we mentioned uh, the power duo of two two of this our favorite subtle actors, Millian and Talents. Um, now. Mario Amendola wrote this, who I know he's written some other things. So I recognize him. I didn't have a chance to look and see, though. Um, but besides that, two of our favorite composers uh, did this work for this film, that, of course, being Guido and Maurizio D'Angelis, the, the D'Angelis brothers, yes, a.k.a. Oliver Onions. Mm-hmm. So i got to get in some light, man. I blew out one of my track lights here in the <laughs> back of my room. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where like half rooms a little bit, a little bit dark.
1: The other writer, uh, Mario Amendola, he, uh, he also helped write Great Silence and Africa Express. Oh. and A lot of those Taillet yeah. films. A Friend is a Treasure, a little Terrence Hill, Bud Spencer action.
2: Ah, yes. Very nice. You know, there should have been a team up with Spencer Hill and, uh, and Nico Giraldi. But <laughs> it would have been, um, yeah. could have been cool. But uh, yeah, so Nico Giraldi, you um, know, very much um, a loved character in Italian film. Um, the problem was that, well, not even a problem, but there was some confusion because uh, Milian also did the pig pen, the Manetza character, I think it is, in Italian films, where he played so much like, actually, we've done one of the films, not Brothers Till We Die which or or laban del, del gobo i think it is where he plays the hunchback yeah oh no, no no not that well wait a second now this is getting confusing even for me there's the hunchback and there's also the pig, pig pen the brother who oh, wears yeah. eyeliner and has a perm <laughs> yes so pig I pen. Think, i'm mixing mixing mix films up no baby anyway, pig pen is a character that a lot of people mix up with um with uh, nico giraldi because they both have kind of ru- a rumpled kind of grimy appearance yeah.
1: And so you, And you mentioned Cop and Drag. Cop and Drag was the I think the last film in the series of films.
2: Yeah, so, not but, a high point for yeah, sure.
1: That was the I mean we're talking about Eurocrime films that are going into the eighties now, eighty four. They're some of the last Eurocrime films that uh came out.
4: Yeah.
2: So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. But um <laughs>
1: There's a lot of stills on online for Cop and Drag
2: oh fuck it's yeah it's 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 okay if you have an affection for the films but by yeah. most measures it's it's not very good um uh, but yeah the other one uh formula one one's not bad either yeah. but um
1: crime and formula uh,
2: one yeah yeah that's the one uh because this one uh, uh Shipo or means uh theft so the anti-theft squad essentially is what this is mm-hmm. and this was very much done as a a character for the time because Serpico was out which they make some not so subtle references to Serpico. Yes. <laughs> uh, through through, <laughs> through Giraldi's appearance through his cat's name being Serpico yeah. and through the Serpico poster on as well. I
1: think the, is the cat named Serpico or is the mouse named Serpico.
2: Oh, um, maybe you're right it's the, yeah the the mouse his name is Serpico sorry.
1: I think Serpico pisses in his jacket.
2: Oh yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um but uh but I think that, it just really is a character for the times, kind of a streetwise guy, and who's was going to be sympathetic to the youth of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was, you know, the story with Giroldi is that he was a pickpocket, and a cop took him under his wing and, and made him see the light of day, and he saw the crime doesn't pay, so he's kind of got his ear to the street, but he's also one of the good guys. Yes. So, it was kind of that kind of character. Um we go? Oh, man, there's a dude in the beginning, and it's really apropos of nothing. Actually, no, I guess now I realize why they did it, but this dude walks in the scene as this kind of chunky dude, and he's got this, this pretty incredible sweater-pants combo.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: And uh, But that's not his most impressive thing in the film. The most impressive thing is he squats down and takes a shit on a lawn
1: <laughs> in front of,
2: of a bunch of uh, j- Japanese tourists.
1: Yeah, that's a very subtle racist joke
2: oh yeah right right. That's the old,
1: right the old school racist japanese joke which is they always have cameras and they yeah, and they always right. take pictures because they're so fascinated by any culture other than their own <laughs> yeah
2: exactly exactly so this guy i didn't want to see his bare ass one minute in but this is way it goes
1: um yeah, he was rocking it rocking the sweater oh, uh man. polyester combo
2: what a, what a pressed ham he had
1: yes indeed
2: uh uh, so they, that, of course, is followed up with the classic two man bike robbery, and and that one dude on the back of the bike, what a fucking fur coat on him! I
1: know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's a lot of motorcycle action in this film. A lot of dirt bikes.
2: A lot of dirt bikes. Even even Nico Giraldi rocks the dirt bike.
1: He does. And he's he does well- some
2: pretty insane dirt bike shit <laughs> near the back end.
1: Yeah, he does some pretty insane dirt bike shit. Anyway, with the fruit stand, I, I, you have to think that Nico. He, he thinks he's a better bike rider than he actually is.
2: This is true. <laughs> because He's reckless. He's very reckless. Now, what did I put here? I Put the old flower in. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll get to the fruit stand here in a minute then. Um, oh, there's a loaf like in this film at the beginning. Yes, there is. <laughs> the screenshot Um, I wrote, yeah. So that was funny. Uh, dog. Oh, but there's a fucking dog pickpocket in this film. Yes. So yeah, uh, a lot of familiar faces amongst that kind of uh, theft ring. There's there's some of the the, the guys that Enzo Castellari used as thugs in his film. They kind of played the pickpockets. They're not in the film much, but in the opening sequences they are because then it kind of narrows its focus down to a few pickpockets um, specifically. But there's a lot of familiar faces early on in the film. Um, I don't know why I found this funny, but there's just like this really this old kind of heavy set rich woman wearing like a fur hat, and she's in the market. And in order to rob her, like they take all this flour and they, they kind of whip it in her face and they take her purse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't know why I found that funny, just the throwing of flour in her face. Maybe it was kind of absurd, but I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> an interesting technique to say the least. Uh but the fruit stand, yeah, you brought up, you brought up the fruit stand now. We we talk about fruit stands a lot in this film. Uh and this is no exception, but the fruit stand's really important because there's a fight on a fruit stand. Yes. In this one. Before Nico decides that he's going to destroy the whole fruit market like an ECW match. <laughs> yeah. That's he's pretty not, amazing.
1: He's not helping the local vendors at all, is he? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, not at all, man. Not at all, but I'll tell you what I do love is at the end of that scene when Nico's got his man, I love his handcuff technique. What he does is it's almost like he's setting someone up for what's it called like a... Uh, I think the, the move's called like a pump... Or a, is it a pump handle suplex or something? Anyway, what he does is he takes one hand, he bend, kind of bends over, puts one hand between his legs, puts the other hand behind him between his legs, and he handcuffs them that way. And it's pretty fantastic because he's embarrasses these guys. But once he handcuffs them that way, they're kind of hunched over with their hands between their legs, keeps kicking them in the ass to move them along. So yeah. I like that. It was a good little technique. And what's even more interesting about Giraldi is he has Carrie Von Eric, the Italian Carrie Von Eric, for a partner.
1: Yes. <laughs> so Nice. I didn't think of the Von Erics, but I do now.
2: <laughs> out of the fucking perm, no less. Um. What do I, I wrote down a quote here? I'm going oh, but some of the yeah the humor in this is very Italian, very Italian. Um, like there's a moment when one of Giroldi's, uh partners or squad mates, whatever you want to say, a fellow police officers, so he gets he gets beat for his his bike his motorbike, and uh, he's I don't know he's basically explaining well why it happened and this and that and I can't remember how Giraldi says it now, but he says oh basically. Here's what you got to write down, I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole. I can't remember the context of how I delivered that, but it was very much an Italian sort of humor moment. But uh, I kind of got a good chuckle out of it. Um, What does this say? More Italian. Oh, I just said that. Here is something that I didn't get here in this film, but it is very much a GDTMC staple. This poor Geraldi, you know, he looks he looks the part of kind of a a layabout, a kind of man in the streets, a, a gutter punk. So naturally, the Carabinieri, at one point, asked him to show them his papers. Show me your papers. Yeah, yeah. Nico's <laughs> papers. So, yeah. Um, as much as this isn't, you know, an earth shaker of a film, I have to say it is, and it felt nice to be back in Italy in the 70s for films for this show.
1: Yes, yes yeah it's not it's not an earth shaker uh probably of the ones i've seen in the series it might be the best or one of the best yeah um but of course it's the first one right it just gets more and more ludicrous as uh it goes along because it is a big series of films it's uh three, six, nine eleven. Eleven films it's eleven film series so Oof. so and i think the first couple has him against like some type of heavyweight uh maybe a heavyweight bad guy a little bit I mean, not heavyweight heavyweight but uh usually an american like robert weber in the second one and i think oh i can't remember who's in the third one it's your boy from uh let's see uh uh deep red or whatever uh lead actor from deep red i can't remember his name right now off the top of my head david Hemmings. Heming. yeah david Hemmings. i know he's in the third one and so but then it just gets as they go along it just gets i think eli wallach in one of them but it just kind of you know it just gets more and more crazy
2: they put him into absurd situations more than they do taking on big bad guys.
1: Yes. It becomes more about the Giraldi character than it becomes about the films being actually any good because it's obvious that Milan Milian's having a great time. He's he's loving it because he gets to do all of his little character pieces and little character bits.
2: Yeah, he can just roll with it and not worry about anything. He can just have fun and not doesn't require a lot of effort because you can yeah. tell this is something that he comes to very naturally. So it becomes as the film series goes on a wacky character in increasingly wackier situations.
1: Yeah. Cause we talked about him a little bit on the show, but one of the knocks against million is he's incredibly difficult to work with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, one of the reasons is, is because he doesn't do anything the same. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a one shot actor. If you want a certain thing, because, uh, he's not going to do it the same way the next time around. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of does what he wants to do. And he's kind of, a, uh, you know, he's kind of stubborn about it. And, uh so, you know, the Nico Giraldi character, you know, he kind of gets that vibe down and even though by the time you get to Cop and Drag, which I've never seen but I've seen big chunks of, uh, you know, it's it's totally ridiculous by that point. It's by that point it's 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 gone so far off the radar of what I think they even originally set it up to do that it's, you know, it's almost buffoonery at that point.
2: Yeah. Definitely a uh, great line from Giraldi in this when he's fighting, he's chasing a guy on foot and he chased him into like a an abandoned warehouse or something abandoned building. And the guy picks up a pickaxe to swing it at him and Geraldi goes, "Drop it. You're going to get a hernia." Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's some weird things said in this film. I think well, somebody yeah. calls somebody a crotch chucker at one point.
2: Oh yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> shit, man.
1: what's a crotch chucker? I mean, I think I can guess, but I mean, it's just weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is weird. Uh throughout the series, I don't want to say in every film because I haven't seen every film, but it's funny that they show Lazio in there's the Italian Serie A club, because um, the the character is a Lazio fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's kind of funny. Um, it's really crazy to see kind of poor, run-down Rome. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like fringe, like the outskirts of the city where there's still some really poor, older country, like little houses and stuff. It's... Uh, it's crazy to see you know it reminds us when you see stuff like that that italy isn't just kind of a glamorous country as you as can kind of think of it um in North america um of course just being an italian film i think in a lot of ways um maybe not as bad but italians are to fringe homo italian films are to fringe homosexual characters what Hong Kong films are to fringe mentally challenged characters <laughs> in that they treat them with a respect and subtlety not seen elsewhere in the world. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. That is uh, incredibly correct. <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, saw a solid jazzy funky score from the D. brothers. Again, nothing earth shaking, but definitely very competent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's uh it's like uh, two or three different <laughs> themes they have in the film and, uh, they're fun they're fun little themes kind of reminded me a little bit of you know some of their great works uh, but they are like I said I totally agree with you what they are they're they're good competent uh, pieces as opposed to some of those kind of earth shakers they did
2: yeah yeah definitely The biggest downfall of this film is that there's not enough million versus Palance. yes you get two major scenery tours like that you' got to have them constantly putting heads and you know, dealing with each other. Um, it's not enough to just kind of jam it all in at the back end. Yeah. In fact, Palace doesn't even show up until like the hour mark of the film.
1: Yeah, it takes him a long time to show up. I wonder if those Money. two... Money? Yeah, well, no, not only that, but I wonder if those two got along. Oh, boy. Palace yeah. was known to not really put up with bullshit. <laughs> and, uh,
2: yeah. And he wasn't that
1: that much of a method actor. You know, he was much more of a, you know, show up, do your lines, go home. Mm-hmm. You know, so then, uh, I get to see those two working styles, Clash in Hardcore.
2: Oh, big time, big time. Uh, the car slash bike chase is pretty good. It's a little bit insane. There's hills, farms, fences, tunnels, dirt roads, and it culminates in a bike explosion. Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, it's, it's a good little little action set piece. And the stuntman, who, it might have even been Million, man. That could, he had to stay in the car while fucking Palance is doing donuts. Yeah. It might have been
1: Million because some Dude, of the bike the stuff, some of the bike stuff, it really looks like him. And I think, you know, except maybe for a massive bike jump, I'm pretty positive it was him most of the time. <laughs> uh, the bike stuff in this is all pretty scary because oh, yeah. it doesn't look like anybody really knows how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> No, uh, uh, the guardrail stunt looked a little, uh, a little shaky. Uh, I hope they did most of that stuff in one take. Let's put it that way.
2: Oh boy, yeah. No, there is some definitely some stuff that you think, man, that's uh, pretty ballsy because you know they really did it. Um, so yeah, I mean, Palance has a pretty impressive pipe, <laughs> and then Millian kicks him in his his pipe. <laughs> but the weird thing is, if I was kicked in the nuts, my first impulse wouldn't be to smoke my pipe again while I'm hunched over. (laughs) Palance makes the weird acting choice of he gets kicked in the dick so he decides to suck (laughs) on his pipe even harder. I don't know if that was a a Freudian moment for him. but
1: Yeah, interesting. It's weird. Uh, It's also weird that he smokes cigarettes in public but a pipe in the office. Gotta keep it professional, yo.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I have to say that uh, Geraldi's fucking pipe... Uh, Giraldi's girl in this, she was a hot little piece,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he gets gets a little too method trying to sell himself in a club with her, but uh, yeah, which is another very uh, non politically correct moment, uh, yeah, absolutely. The look of shock and 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 awe that she has that she has to go through with this is pretty impressive, I have to say. She looks like she's really both pissed and shocked.
0: Oh, yeah. And, yeah, the whole, abs-
1: and the whole time Milian just keeps doing his dance moves. <laughs> oh fuck, I know. You need to go to work.
2: <laughs> uh, ooh. That
1: wasn't good. A little Sylvan Gold action there.
2: Yeah, I just that's what I thought. I thought a Zom. Oh, like the other week when he said, Oh, that was a chunky burp, it was flounder.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um He may have been talking about his ass flaps. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> his, his beef curtains. Um, but yeah, just my final note. cop, Giraldi very much was a cop for this that time in Italy to, to appeal to the youth and everything else. But uh, those are all my notes.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoy the films of this uh, series I've seen. I don't think they're great films, but I do. Because Milian's having so much fun, I think that they're, they're kind of fun films. And they're usually pretty short and and pretty action packed uh even though the action's not so great in this one it is uh it is competent to use the word again yes um uh, <laughs> the uh <laughs> the opening of the film does have just about any crime you can possibly think of crammed into about ten minutes
2: <laughs> oh everything from yeah, rape purse snatching, assault and yeah,
1: deceptible shits mm.
0: uh,
1: all kinds of stuff, fruit stand robberies and all kinds of craziness going on. Uh, but yeah, once uh, Geraldi shows up, I mean, he really shows up. He 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 rides his bike right into a, I like think, a stand of grapefruits or something.
2: He just rips it in there, man. <laughs> know, he
1: does. Now here's here's a note that I, I haven't been able to say. Uh, I'm put on hold here by Will. There, he's back. <laughs> yes, Give <laughs> me on hold for a second there. Um, I, I haven't been able to say one of these type of notes in a while, so I'm, I got to say it. Nico is rocking possibly the longest scarf. In cinema history.
2: He is, and not only that, but he's he's using it as a belt. He's MacGyvering it as a belt.
1: How can you not? The fucking thing is like 50 yards long.
2: His waist is the microphone stand. <laughs> His scarf is like a Steven Tyler silk scarf.
1: Oh, my God. It's so huge. I mean, it's a gigantic
2: scarf. Yeah, it is very long. I mean, it hangs down to his knees.
1: Yeah, I, I like his explanation for his attire. Uh, there's a, there's a, like a little small scene in the bed where they talk about his, uh, you know, his uh, his taste in clothes and why he wears so much stuff. Wool socks, wool caps, uh, scarves, multiple shirts and everything else. And it basically comes from his past, you know, where he... You know, he's so used to being cold because he's used to sleeping on the streets and stuff that he just, you know, he feels like he's never going to be cold again. So he wears tons of clothing, even though he does rock a mean set of red bikini underwear.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Doesn't skimp on the underwear. (laughs) (coughs) You would think if he really thought that way, he would probably wear, like, uh, thermal underwear or something. But, uh, you know, it's got to be sexy to some (laughs) degree. Yeah,
2: Meliana to bring the sexy back.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the Serpico stuff is not subtle um it's fun but it, it's definitely not subtle uh he uh this is before the time of fanboys but obviously uh nico is a bit of a fanboy of the serpico film uh because yeah. it's all over the place <laughs>
2: it's
0: a way of life.
1: but i do like his little i do like the touches of him and the pets you know he's kind of a caring guy uh you know it's mm-hmm. he's one of those type it's a nice little character moment where you see that maybe he's like a more caring person toward animals than he is towards people because he's either been hurt so much or he just sees the bad in people all the time that he has mm-hmm. these little moments with his pets and I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of that stuff I mean Million's always a lot of fun when he does little things because he does them so big uh that uh, he makes them interesting uh the mouse stuff is although silly it it's 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 totally a million type thing where he you know talks to a mouse, blows kisses uh oh yeah, even at one point the mouse has a toucan. on. <laughs> It's it's totally ridiculous, but it's totally Millian too. So yeah, it it works um, without crossing over into uh, parody, which is what I think it became toward the back end. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think what else I got here? His socks are special. Yes, they are. They're incredibly special. I've never seen socks (laughs) like those. Uh, I really like. I think what I really liked about this film, after the last two weeks, especially, is the pace of it. I mean, this thing really kind of cooks and moves along. Mm -hmm. I really uh, do wish there was more Palance in the film, though. I agree with you. Uh, not that, you know, Giraldi isn't a lot of fun, but I just wish there was more scenes of them two kind of playing the cat and mouse game. Um, uh-huh. Also, Melian still throwing his long trademark punches. I mean, if you throw a punch oh and it takes you that long to throw a punch, you'll probably get hit three times before you go in the punch. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's really selling the punches. <laughs> Big time. But, yeah, Palance isn't really, you know, in it a whole lot. He's fun when he is in it. Um, uh, and it's fun to have them two together, and uh, but it's one of those things where it's almost too little, too late. It's like you don't really get them together until uh, really kind of the one-on-one acting you kind of want—the De Niro, Pacino moment, or whatever you want to call it. You don't really get that till towards the very end, and by then, you know, you're, you're getting people kicked in the dick and smoking pipes. So it's it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing, but at the same time, it's it's a perfectly fun. Like a Eurocrime film, uh, kind of a silly, if not more lighthearted version of a Eurocrime film.
2: Um, it's like it's like a it's like a step up from a, like if you were going to show your kids to start with to introduce them to more adult oriented, but still kind of kind of kid friendly uh, cinema. You could start with the, the Bud Spencer Tarantino stuff, and then this would be the next step.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. It's like one step. Darker than a Terrence Hill, Brett Spencer film? Yeah. Than like Flatfoot or something maybe? Yeah. Maybe that character. But yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's uh perfectly serviceable though and, and it wasn't nice to get back into this uh, genre again uh, because I'd missed it. We've been away from it for a little while, so nice to get back into it always. I really missed it. <laughs> so uh, what's your make or breaks V VTs?
2: I just want to say one thing very quickly. If I, if, if I was the guy who took a shit, I might as well as your only... um? film credit, and you wanted to tell your kid you're in a film, and that was the film? Like, what do you do?
0: I don't know. I do you guess really you
2: really want to be the guy that took a shit on film?
1: You either own it, or you try to hide it, so...
2: Yeah, that's right, man. Um, make you break the, the fight at the food stand. The food, The food stand? <laughs> yes, the food. The food stand's pretty good. And my t- my t- holy cow, million comes ripping in, and just destroying <laughs> shit, throwing those long punches, and, you know, he's going crazy... Um it's a fun little scene. MBT is Million. Um if it had been like a I don't know, like a a Gemma or, or you couldn't even have made the film or something like that. It had to be someone colorful. It it, it really rests on Million shoulders. These it, are Million yeah, Vehicles.
1: It can only be Million or somebody as co as him, like Terrence Hill or somebody like that. Even though if it was Terrence Hill, it'd be a little bit more silly, right, because it'd be sped up action yeah. probably and stuff like that. So, really, I agree with you. It almost has to be million It almost has to be him.
2: Yeah. I'm going to hold again. Oh, I
1: <laughs> And my score is a 6.5 out of 10. Nice, nice, nice. I'm um, make a break. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, fruit stand as well, because uh, that's exactly what I wrote down, the Fook, the fook stand. the yeah. Goal- <laughs> you guys call it fook stands instead of fruit stands you already confused me with the toque and the toboggan now now that's we're going right, fook stands no but uh that's in all seriousness no, it's great he just comes ripping in and nobody hates grapefruits as much as nico giraldi <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's right man <laughs>
1: nico giraldi grapefruit crusher but uh <laughs> literally now that i think about it in the back end of the film too he's crushing grapefruits
2: I think that at one point he takes a bite out of one skin <laughs> and all, and I was repulsed by that.
1: <laughs> yeah. you know he you know, you know so he reminds
2: Marianne. me.
1: Brad Pitt if he looked a little bit like more Million, maybe they should make a Million biopic and have Brad Pitt because Million loves to eat in films. So Yeah he does, that's right. And Brad Pitt does too, so <laughs> it'd be a nice I little character bit. They remind me of each other yeah. a little bit though. I think Million might be the better actor, but they do remind me of each other in some of their manic energy sometimes and some of their performances.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting
1: comparison. I never yeah. thought of.: Yeah no, I didn't I, I really didn't think about it much until just now either. Now I'm going to be thinking about it every time I watch Million and Brad Pitt. yeah uh, MVT yeah. is Million because uh, I don't see how it couldn't be. I'd bet if we watched all 11 of these films for the show, I'd bet 60 percent of them Million would be the, the MVT uh, 60 oh, to 70 sure. percent of them.
2: <laughs> I, w- I would say 75 to 80 percent for sure.
1: yeah because it's really all about him. And uh, is. this is the back end of Eurocrime. This is the beginning of the back end. So as uh, for those of you who haven't seen the Eurocrime documentary yet, you'll see some uh, talk about this series of films. And uh, and uh, Mike Molise talked about them a little bit too on our show and how kind of uh, ludicrous they become. But this, this is typical of most Italian film genres. They start out one way and then they reach their pinnacle and then they dip into parody because, you know, eventually you just, you know, you just have to go somewhere with them. Yeah. So um my score for the film uh 6.75 so just a little bit higher than yours. Uh and really it's that brisk pace that really made me enjoy it quite so much cuz it just really cooked. I mean it really did. And it looked pretty good. I mean I, I didn't it didn't look bad, you know. And it's 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 a region free, it should be said. So yeah. You you can own it and uh, watch it. Although the bonus features are in Italian and there's no subtitles. So
2: which is a bummer cuz it's like a 15 minute making of documentary that would have been nice to have subtitled but
1: Yeah. Yeah, for it's those of goes. us who don't speak Italian, you're, you're lucky. You have at least some type of Italian in, or near you, so you could probably get some some nuggets out of it. Sometime. Yeah, a
2: couple of things <laughs> here and there. But I'm <laughs> I'm actually going to try to learn Italian in the next five years. as a nice. peek behind the curtain. So nice. yeah, I'm going to try to learn Italian. Now that once my kids go to school, I'm going to I'm going to uh, take it. I'm going to. lessons and and like you know i don't know how yet but um, that's my plan is to learn italian so i can watch all these fucking films with no (laughs) subtitles
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna learn west virginia but i'm going to give you guys a peek behind the beef curtain so
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah russia had the iron curtain and west virginia has the beef curtain
1: (laughs) some of the most repulsive uh, judging by the facebook page some of the most repulsive beef curtains i've (laughs) ever seen before in my life oh i've seen giant squid that are more attractive All right. (laughs) Probably smell better too. All right. All right. Uh, We are going to take a short break. (laughs) Come back and talk about talk about. uh, Oh, not talk about. Let you guys talk about (laughs) pop music. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) So
1: we'll be back right after this.
0: During this podcast,
3: I've seen a lot changing and the way you feel about me, and in the way I feel about you. In here, there is only one
0: answer to the game to me, but I guess that's better than 20 minutes. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record, and you can listen,
3: everybody can be entertained! Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction, your home for all things action. To find out more, visit metalmikey.lipson.com or search for Action
4: Attraction in iTunes.
0: Inside my head, I twist my mind up in knots with all
3: the things that you said. I try my best to ensure that we can all get along. You're invested in drama, proving everyone wrong. Now I've come to the point where I can't take any more. Take it up by myself to start a personal war.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. A little uh, Bad James, as he's affectionately known over at Silver and Gold, singing there on that uh, track. Yeah. James has really got a fucking instrument in that voice of his, man. He does. He really does. Have you heard his Eye of the Tiger?
0: Oh yeah.
2: Oh, that guy can kill it, man. That yeah. guy is, uh its almost unfair to the rest of the competition. <laughs> I
1: know, it really is. <laughs> it really is. But at the same time, I, I totally enjoy the passion from some of the others that have... Oh and paul yeah, d-
0: yeah
2: don't don't get me wrong yeah. people bring it
1: <laughs> paul's fucking video
2: oh that's right paul gets points for the uh <laughs> that the reckless abandon that he showed
0: oh.
1: looks like he may have wore that outfit before he met his girlfriend, fiance <laughs> hubba hubba all right, so uh, we got more feedback this week. We got some more Fabian e- uh, voicemails. We got uh, we still haven't covered any emails, but we haven't got as many e- emails as we have uh, voicemails. So uh, we're going to knock out a few more here today. So here we go. Here's the first one from
0: Fabian.
5: How's it going? Again, gentlemen, Missilma. This is from my 19 to number 10 list. Uh, I guess 11 list. Fuck yeah. Fuck on. I'm fucking on my list. 19 from number to number 11 from the best films I've seen last year, first times. Uh, number 19, Bird People in China. It's a Takeshi Miki film from 1998. A really, really, really great film. Perhaps it's perhaps, I don't know if it's the best film, but I,
6: I mean, everyone else
5: thinks it might be his best I mean, slow it's slower pace in all those films. But it's more dramatic, and I thought it was a really great film. And I'll call back later on why Takeshi Miki, a great filmmaker, but that's another day. But yeah, and the final shot of that film, Priceless. Uh, number 18, Hands of Steel. What cannot be said that you guys didn't mention it and George Eastman. Uh, yeah, and just uh, awesome film. Yeah, Everybody took the film. George Eastman, come on. And uh, number 17, Raiders of Atlantis. Uh, when I first saw this movie, the first five minutes was like, oh shit, what the hell is going on here? But by the end of the film, I watched the movie at least five times in the last year. This is such a good film. Such an entertaining movie. Fuck. Uh, number 16, I know it's kind of odd to put this on here because i put it on the list. Number 16, Army of Shadows. The great uh, Jean Pierre Melville film, great, great movie. And perhaps it should be, I mean, it is perhaps one of the best films on the list, don't get wrong, in quality, but I'm just putting this on the list. Don't get me wrong, the top 30 can be in any order almost in a way, except for the first like, top five, but really great film. Yeah. I don't know if it's my best Melville film, but it's up there. Number 15, *Juan of the Dead. That Argentinian film, the zombie film, it's kind of a, their answer to Shaun the Dead. Really funny. Entertaining, and I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Number 14, Cruel Jaws. What cannot be said about this film? Cruel Jaws, I, I, it's, I mean, it's horrible. It's badly edited from fucking other films, from Last Shark to a bunch of other films. I mean, I, sort of got I saw some Jaws stuff in there, too, but, I mean, it's badly film. Fucking Hulk Hogan guy that comes in there with his fucking mustache. I mean, I thought he was in fucking soup that's a fucking shark, but anyway... Yeah, it's, I mean it's a badly made film, badly acted film and everything. But yet it's somehow a masterpiece. Yep. <sighs> pretty much a you fucker. Anyway, number thirteen, from Beijing with Love. Perhaps the one of the funniest films I've seen in the last ten to fifteen years. A Stephen Stephen Chow film, I think in nineteen ninety five, I believe around there.
0: Maybe a little
5: before nineteen ninety two. Stephen Chow, I mean life traveling soccer, Crystal um, hustle, really funny film. And telling you the truth, this is perhaps the this movie alone, it's funny that all the fucking four awesome power, or three awesome power films are whatever the fuck films. It's a really funny movie, and it has, there's a great scene in there where he, uh, where he gets shot and he's to remove the bullet for his anesthesia. He watches a porn film. He watches a porn film while he's getting the surgery. I don't know what the fuck's going on there, but that's awesome, so yeah. Uh, number 12, uh, Playtime, the great kind of um, Jackie Tati film. Um, very funny, but also maybe not funny, when you watch it, I mean, you have to watch it as many times as I did, it's practically one of the most creative and most original films ever created, and it was basically a Spielberg's, uh, I guess, template for, uh, to do the Terminal with, uh, Tom Hanks. Of course, that movie was not, not even one-tenth of fucking Playtime's, uh, greatness, but, you know, Spielberg, I know Will doesn't like that guy, but. Play time it's great don't know is probably the best film but the most creative film and I know it's hit and miss with a lot of people but I mean like Jerry Lewis I the world does and you like Tati which i do I'm a big fan. Uh, number eleven, final run. Uh, it's also called Kick Fighter I believe also in the US um uh, Yuki Ushima, uh, Philip Cole directed film, 1989 film. Kind of a kind of a mini epic one that a lot of Hong Kong film films should watch it. Really smartly acted, well directed great action scenes and number 10 which i'll probably you for the next voicemail
1: no. all right talk to you later guys bye all right fabian uh as i told you guys he's gonna finish up his top 31st scene list from last week left y'all hanging but he's back with uh with a vengeance um a couple things he mentions in there obviously a little gg tmc love in there with some hands of steel some raiders of atlantis cruel jaws which we haven't covered yet but i think we both uh Know how we, I think, well, I think everybody knows how we feel about that at this point. So, from Beijing to Love, I've never seen that film.
2: Yeah, it's uh, he also mentions outside of even the, the GTTMT stables, he mentions one that was uh, my numero uno for this past year, Army of Shadows.
1: So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Fabian, it's with that guy's crazy, he can drop knowledge, uh, and everything from Keaton and 30s comedy and 20s comedy to uh. 80s post-apocalyptic trash. So
1: yes, <laughs> yes. And Raiders of Atlantis is a terribly entertaining film. I I denounce anybody to not be entertained by Raiders of Atlantis. Well,
2: it's a you know it's a pantheon film. There's no question.
1: I can understand <laughs> thinking it's silly or totally uh, just totally out, out you know just totally cheap looking or crazy. But I still think even a novice film fan would find it would find it entertaining. Yes. So. All right, next voicemail, another Fabian. Here we go. He's going to give us uh, his uh, top ten of, of his first-time watches.
0: Here we go.
5: Hey, gentlemen in the cinema, you probably want to just like, edit all this stuff together if you ever play it on there, because I just fucked up my top ten to number one, the best, 30 best films I've seen last year. i will go through them real fast. Number ten, Finest Score Stabilizer. Uh, both of them are awesome movies. Peter Bryan, and Chris Mitchum sticking to poker up someone's ass. Pretty great. Uh, number nine, They Call Me Mantra Woman, or Savage Instincts, it's also called, released from Truma DVD, it's from the director of Pearl Violators, which I still have not seen, sadly. But this movie is fucking awful, with the main girl, I think she only made two, three movies, I believe, in her career, what, I guess you can call that career, I mean, fuck, she made more movies than I did, so I guess that's career. But yeah, her, it's kind of like uh, Betty Prey, with just her, instead of Mike Danton is this blonde hair girl kicking the shit out of everyone, yeah, it's so bad. I mean, you gotta love a scene where she fucking does, like, a Tony Jaw, which jumps on someone's shoulders, like, ten guys. I don't know what the fuck is going on in that film, but it was genius. I do get me wrong. I love it. All right, so that's my number nine. Number eight uh, released said uh, Private Eyes, 1971 film, from Michael Hugh, a Hong Kong film. Uh, in the 1970s, he made, uh, made a bunch of movies with his other brothers in it. So I think it's Ricky Hugh and Michael Hugh and, think like another one. Pretty funny movies, uh, but this Private Eyes is the best film they ever made together, and uh, my personal opinion is one of the funniest movies Hong Kong or from anywhere. Uh, it kind of has a really kind of great kind of screwball. I and the gags are funny. Seriously, from the first 80 minutes on, I laughed non-stop. I mean, the five, 10 minutes kind of slows down to kind of give us an ending, but even then, it's really just one of the funniest movies of all time I've seen. That's my number eight. Uh, number seven, um, I think it's number eight. So I down on the list. I'm just going on just whatever numbers are now. Born to Fight, the Bruno Mattei movie with Brent Huff, kind of a Romancing in the Stone kind of type of ripoff movie. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. I know Will liked it. Uh, he mentioned it in you know, one of his uh, movies you guys watched lately. He mentioned that he loved it. It's a really funny movie. Brent Huff, thing, the little one-liners the whole fucking movie. So good. And unlike other Bruno McCain movies, his movie's actually pretty damn entertaining. I mean, it's actually really kind of well-made. Kind of, instead of his other shitty films that are not well-made, but it's so great. This is actually a pretty good movie. Pretty good, well-made, and pretty good. Uh, yeah, in my personal opinion, it's his best movie. And coming on to another masterpiece, um, I think number 5, 6 on the list now, I think I'm, I am, maybe not, Strike Commando 1 and 2, and combine them together. These films, I first saw them last year. I don't know what I could say. I mean, Strike Commando, the first one, I really, really loved. second one, I think it might be a better movie than the first one, but I love it too, so it's pretty awesome. Apparently, I'm talking over here, so I can't talk no more, apparently. Uh, number four, War of Arrows, a Korean movie that came out last year or two years ago. It's a really great movie. Kind of Some people have been comparing it to uh, Apocalypto, the Mel Gibson film. I guess it kind of has some tendencies towards that, but it's a great movie. Um, number three, Daily Prey. I think I'm on, I think I'm, or number four, Daily Prey. What can it be said? Mike Danton. Enough said. Uh, number three, uh, Picking Up a Bru- uh, Blues, that great uh, Tsui Hark movie. Perhaps his best, actually, no. It is his best movie. There's the Once Upon a Time in China, Double Team knockoff. Yeah, I mentioned those films. It's a really, really great movie. In my personal opinion, in the top 20 films I've ever seen, it's just a really, really great movie. Uh, Maggie said Ceddie yeah from The Killer, Maggie Chung, um, Tony uh, Tony Long, Tony Leung? Yeah, Tony Long. Uh, not I think Talk Tony, not the little one. No, the guy from Hardball. Uh, the other guy from Mystery of the Doctor. Detective, the new one with uh, Joy Hart, also with the lover, he's in that. So, yeah, it's a really great movie. Number two, I Was Born, but Yaharuto, again, I'm fucking up the names. Ozu, really a great, great movie, and perhaps the best film ever made about kids. And it came out in 1932. And this movie, just a great movie. I mean, that's the reason why I consider him and Keaton is my two favorite filmmakers of all time. All right, and my number one movie, Samurai Cop. Enough said. You know, I think I've seen this movie about three years ago the first time. Every time I watch it, it's like the first time I've ever seen it, so maybe i a ching on the list, but it's Samurai got. I seriously consider it my top ten films of all time. Don't ask me why. I'm sick, I know, but I love it. All right, gentlemen, so, uh, better go because my throat's going going out. Thanks very much for your time, and hope to give you guys a call back later on when I can talk. Bye.
1: All right, so that was his uh, top ten first-time watches of uh, 2012, I guess. And... Uh a couple interesting ones in there obviously a little final score stabilizer action um they call me macho woman we talked about that i think but we never yeah, i don't think either one of us has ever seen it right
2: that's the i think it's a wrestling uh, i can't remember what
1: i it? can't remember what it is exactly but I, I i can't remember what director he said it was but uh i know it was somebody we covered a film for another director i'll look it up while you uh if you want to talk about it a little bit of course he says uh a little deadly prey and stuff like that in there as well
2: yeah and he uh, he talks some frank tashlin in there which again chilling his range um and then he talks about a mate that i'm a big fan of that i'm surprised he had never seen and that's born to fight with brent huff who's sort of doing a crocodile dundee look but a, a rambo four kind of uh, setup
1: they Call Me Macho Woman, directed by one Patrick G. Donahue, director of...
2: Pearl. Oh, yeah, yeah, of uh, Deadly Prey. Uh, no, no, not Deadly Prey, ProVider. not Deadly Prey. ProVider, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> mixing up my Pantheon films.
1: He didn't mention Deadly uh, Prey in any voicemail, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, what else I find is very interesting, and hopefully Fabian will, it will, will heed what I'm about to say. You mentioned Samurai Cop. Now, we have a sister show. I don't know if you listen to any of their podcasts, Fabian, but... I have to say, all the shows we recommend um, are people we firmly stand by as far as being good friends and great shows. Great friends and great shows. Uh, One of our sister shows, Silver and Gold, when you mentioned Samurai Cop, immediately I think of them because they covered Samurai Cop on a recent episode. So I would highly encourage you to go to Silver and Silva, that says in Henry, (laughs) silverandgold.com and check out uh, Samurai Cop and just browse through the catalog, man. You'll find a lot of. uh, a lot of episode programming in line with your tastes.
1: Yes, like-minded, as they say. <coughs>
2: yeah.
1: At this point, if you don't listen to Silver and Gold and you listen to us, or vice versa, it's kind of bizarre, because it's almost like, you know, you get two shows with the same kind of, uh, I was going to say quality, but I don't know if that's accurate. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, it, obviously it is. I'm just being facetious. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you get two like-minded shows, so, you know. It's, it's great stuff. I'll definitely recommend Silver and Gold. All right. Uh, next voicemail for Fabian. Here we go.
5: Hello, awesome gentlemen. This is I, awesome Fabian again, returning with another voicemail. i uh, been catching up. I think I've already voiced in my 30 favorite movies of first time watches of, of last year. And we're just calling up to see what I've been watching lately. And i been watching Dread. There's Dread. I've, I mean, I've already watched it in the theaters. Bought on DVD. Watch it. Really liked it. Still so like it. Like it even more now, actually. Uh, I can see why people try to like, call it, like, The Raid, but it's not really like The Raid, but it's pretty good, though. Not as good as The Raid, but pretty good. Um, let's see what else I've been watching. Uh, I watched It's Perfect. I know. Well, I had to watch it. I bought it, too, so... Hey, no, don't judge me. I had to buy it. It's actually a pretty good film, but I really enjoyed it. It's funny, smart, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. There's hot girls in there, so, you know. mean hot women in there, as I meant to say. Not girls. I mean, kinda of weird. Anyway. I uh, recently watched uh, a bunch of re-watches a bunch of zombie movies, uh, Die and Let Live. Kind of a, uh, almost like a, I mean, it's a very low-budget movie, but it's a very funny, very smart, kind of teenage, kind of zombie film. It's, yeah, I it really does it a lot. It's really funny, and there's a running gag into the whole movie about the sam Loth. Yeah, you have to watch the movie. It does make sense. Uh, recently, uh, we watched again, The Last Dragon, because, well, it's The Last Dragon. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I bought, i seen this movie a long time ago, but I remember Dawn of the Mummy, some Italian kind of zombie movie. Yeah, it wasn't that very good. I mean, I still loved it, but it really wasn't that good. But, you know, whatever. Uh, what I have in my... Coming up, I'm to start watching pretty soon. Uh, Bangkok Zombie Crisis, SARS Wars. I don't know what's going on with that, but I bought that. I haven't watched it yet, but I bought that. Um, I have a bunch of movies. I'm looking at all my films. I don't even know what the fuck not watch oh ultimate I think I might have mentioned Ultimax Ultimax Force some ninja movies ninja it's a ninja POW movie where a bunch of ninjas go and try and rescue one of their fellow ninja guy yeah it's pretty out there I mean don't get me wrong it's awesome but ninjas and fucking in the jungle yeah it probably doesn't really work but it's really fun though that and I've been watching a bunch of re-watching a bunch of Hong Kong films uh I'm not sure you guys, I think you may have mentioned this, but you guys may because I know you guys are a big fan of Godfrey Ho. He's a Panther, one. It's a very fun, uh, it's with Sabira Hu, who's also in Dreaming the Reality. And it's kind of, I mean, it's one of his, uh, you know, well, it's Godfrey Ho, so it's one of his patchworks, but it. it's one of his, everyone I've talked to who are big Hong Kong film fans, we consider it his best movie, because it's, besides Unbreakable, sorry, <laughs> sorry, excuse me, uh, because it combines kind of almost... Category 3, Nudity, with a bunch of shootouts. You probably buy, find the DVD out in America because I mean, it's from it's Tai Singh. They released it with the first and second one together. The second one's with, with Kira Oshima. It's not directed by Ho, but it's still a pretty fun movie. I mean, it's pretty fucking badly edited. And it's not directed by uh, Godfrey Ho. It's directed by Philip Coe, another kind of hack director. But it's a pretty fun movie. And the first, The Path is really, really good with a lot of, lot of explosive nudity. So, yeah, and exploited violence and bad acting and good acting. So, yeah, it's pretty good. All right, guys, that's enough for today. Uh, I'll give you guys a call later on, and uh, I can't wait to listen to you guys' new show next week. All right, guys, bye.
1: All right, talking about some more modern films he's seen this uh, time around, uh, Dread, Pitch Perfect, which, you know, shows Fabian's range. Uh, I don't even have any interest in seeing Pitch Perfect, although I think uh, Rupert liked Pitch Perfect
2: as well. My wife is going to drop that on me this week or next.
1: Yeah. I've, I've, everybody I know that's seen it has liked it. So... We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean... Yeah.
2: You know, At least that's that's encouraging, at least. Yes. So, I mean,
1: at least you got something going for you there, right?
2: Yeah, and no, definitely. But Dredd, it's interesting, because he says on the second watch, he liked it more, I think. And Aaron, our great friend, the Death Rattler, the Mill Creep, um, also said the same thing. So... Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, and he talks about Godfrey Ho, which we are fans of Godfrey Ho, but not because I think he's a great filmmaker. Because I think he's well, I just, I'm pretty certain Godfrey's insane. I believe he <coughs> he's a he's a major buck saver. Oh, that he is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that one film he talked about, Ultra Max Force. I gotta see that. Sounds interesting. I like the title. What title? <laughs> Ultra Max Force. This sounds like you know Testicle One and Testicle Two. That's right, man. All right. So uh, we got one more from Fabian. Here we go. Actually, I think we got a couple more from Fabian. My bad. Yeah, we do. Hang on. <laughs> Here we go. Hello
5: to the great gentlemen of the cinema. This is, this is I, Awesome Fabian. I'm just calling in to say that I was, I was listening to your Crow Zero review again podcast and to also to the 13 Assassins podcast, and I was wondering, if I should call in and talk about Takeshi Miike, a great director who's kind of misunderstood and kind of, what well, don't it's his, it's his own fault to be honest alright Takashi Miki I know you guys started to come around to him after I think Crow Zero and then with 13 Assassins everyone came to oh well, Miki has come back to his adult phase you know he he went out with all the shock crazy shit the, you know women in feces you know women getting raped when they're dead I mean I'm pretty sure that's what happened in their, his movies and I hope I'm just not thinking about that that's kind of weird but no I mean through his first uh, I guess Fucking 50 films when he made through the 90s up to about 1995, uh, around there. I mean, he made a bunch of TV movies. Uh, a bunch of them were, I mean, a lot of them are not released in America yet. Some of them are released, I uh, believe uh, Tokyo, Sh- Tokyo Shock released a bunch of them. Um, Bodyguard Cuba uh, was released, one and two. Uh, the Family Trilogy ones he did. I mean, I have all of them. They're okay for a low budget. But to be honest, I'd rather watch, I mean, low-budget action movies from America, you know. They're not that good. They're okay. They're violent. But, I mean, they're shot in digital, almost like digital film, film tape. And it's okay. But by 1995, when uh, he released his the new generation, or 1996, actually, sorry, that's when he got all that claim. And everyone was like, oh, what's this, what's this Takeshi Miki going about? What is he filming? What's going on here? That's when everyone realized what kind of a great, not a great director, but shock director he was. And everyone started to come to saying that, wow, this director in Japan has really got something going. And that's when Hong Kong film craze was going down, and everyone needed a new director to kind of hook on to, I guess cult director, and so Mickey M- was it. So Fruit of the New Generation, to tell you the truth, the first time I watched it, I paid $30 for it about eight years ago uh, to get a VHS-, VHS copy of it. And I first- the first time I saw it, I didn't know what the hell. You know, it was my first Mickey movie, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, it's a good movie. Now think about it. I like it a lot. I still think it has flaws, but it's a very good film. But that was the kind of play where his rest of his almost eight years of his films were gonna be about craziness, action, gore. But if you really look at his, if his early film career, you realize that he was a lot of people didn't really notice. Well, I'll call back to finish up my thoughts about Mickey. All right, guys. I'll call you back very soon. Bye.
1: All right. Fabian dropping some Mike knowledge on y'all, on y- yo, YOLO, yo? I don't know. YOLO. <laughs> well, every time I think of YOLO, I know I'm supposed to think of the uh, the rapper that did it and tweeted it and then ended up dead in a drunk driving accident. But I always think of Aaron now.
2: Well, that's why Aaron and I and a lot of people say it is because that fool <laughs> yeah. tweeted it. So that's why we say fuck it, YOLO.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fuck it, YOLO. Uh, yeah, we've always been fans of Mike from his uh, – I thought you were going
2: to say we've always been fans of Yolo. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's to be yet to be seen, but we'll see. Uh, we've always been fans. I think both of you and I. Uh, his craziness and his other stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I've never seen Bird People of China though. I'm going to check that out.
2: Oh, it's a good one. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm definitely going to check that out.
2: It's a very, it's very good.
1: But he has come full circle as a filmmaker. Well, you'll be, you'll be hearing more about Mike next week. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he
2: will. <laughs> you know, it's his punk rock stuff is great, but. I much prefer the direction he's gone now where he's really, you know, a master filmmaker working at the height of his craft. So, um, yeah, and uh, that's it. So, all right, next I think voice. Fabian, yeah, kind of yeah. said all we needed to say about Weekend. Oh,
1: well, he's got more. He got more. He got part two. But uh, hang on one second. We'll play it right here.
2: Hey, hello, awesome gentleman in cinema. is
5: I, Fabian, calling back to talk about more about Takeshi Miki. Well, after Fudo, the new generation, when everyone started taking notice of him over here in the West, he decided to direct his Black Society trilogy, which is really the film's what most people believe, that he really came into his own, into a real filmmaker. I mean, I know... I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It's with Shinzo, uh, Triad Society, Rainy Dogs, and Lines. I mean, you can buy them on DVD. They're, I mean, they're they're
7: released, I believe, um,
5: fuck, I don't know. But you you buy them on DVD. Uh, Shinzo Triad Society's okay. I think it's a little more over- overpraised than it needs to be. It's okay, kind of... The kind of has a, some Hong Kong vibe to it. It's okay. I mean, still has Miki's kind of just over overindulgence and all his crazy shit. A Rainy Dog is the one that, the first one that I've seen of his, in his first of his early career, that I've seen that, oh, this director's going to be something. It's about a hitman. They find out he has a kid. And it's a really, really good movie. It has nothing of his crazy crap in it, Miki's. I mean, there's still hints of it here and there. And then he finished off the trilogy with Ley Lines, a great film about... A bunch of kids trying to get out of Japan to try to, like, start their lives. It's a really good film. And after those films, he did the Young Thugs trilogy. Uh, not trilogy. He only did two, two films of Young Thugs films. So when there are a bunch of kids in Japan, when they are kids, and all the, when they are growing up, and their parents, what they do with their parents, friends, and just sex and everything. It's a really good film. I mean, he did the second one. of the, 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 I believe it was, like, the four or five in the trilogy or in the film series. We only did the first and second one, and the second one is when they were more grown up and stuff. Those, those, uh, I think I like to prefer the first one of the film, but they're both good films. And then after that, he decided to do Andro media kind of a love kind of sci-fi movie. It's not that great. And then he came to that same year, I mean, because you know he did like five fucking films every year. From you
0: know,
5: for People in China, I listed it as one of my uh, top 30 films I've seen last year. It's really one of the best films I've seen for Mickey in his whole career. It's warm, funny, kind of surreal, uh, but it's a really beautiful drama about people and living in the mountains. It's a really great movie, and you wouldn't believe Mickey would have directed it fuck. You would think almost uh, Terrence Malick would have directed it. It's a really great film. Then after that, he went into his more kind of known films that a lot of people know about that, Audition, which I think is a great film. I think some people I take away the lustre off of it, but it's a really good film and yeah. I know there's some like kind uh like people are talking about talking shit about it now, but I still think it's a good film. And then came the Dead Alive trilogy films, which I don't think the first one's that great. It's okay. The second one I think is a really, really good film. And the third one that kinda combines Hong Kong sci fi and stuff, it was okay. And then he did City of Lost Souls, which I kinda enjoy. I mean, it's kinda crazy, it's kinda outlandish, but it's entertaining. I have yet to see the guys from Paradise, even though I think I have it. And then came his family films, with kind of his low budget, kind of director video kind of films. I think I mentioned that before. And yeah, they're okay films. And then came his perhaps his most two infamous films: Visitor Q and Itchy the Killer. Itchy the Killer, when I first saw it, that was really interesting and great. Now that I watch it, I still think it's good. I don't think it's as good as some people think it is. And Visitor Q, some people consider it a masterpiece, seriously, even for some mainstream critics. I think it's a very dark comedy and it has more things say by society nowadays than people want to give it credit for. So I don't know if it's a great movies, like some people I think someone said before, I think to watch it once it's just to watch it and just say, What the hell? But yeah, I mean he has more balls and more guess craziness than most directors can even think of. And then came his bunch of films that happened at like Kurakuis, which is a good funny kind of comedy. Um, then the Outlaw which is a pretty decent kind of, uh, gangster, Japanese gangster one, and then came, I'm just kind of cutting to his basic ones, Gozo, which I know I think, uh, Will didn't like at all, and I'm not a big fan of it either, and then came Zebra Man, to recently recent win, Zebra Man, which is good, but then he did Gozo and Izu, fuck, I think I mentioned very much Gozo, but Izu, what the fuck, dude, I don't know what's going on with that. But they came Century Western and Crow Zero and up to now Yatterman, which is good. Crow Zero 2, which I get to see. Zero Man Two, which I saw was pretty good. And Thirteen Assassins and to now, yeah. I still think, it's all said and done, he's going to be one one of the most best directors of the generation. All right, guys. I'm going to call it back later on because I'm going on. I'm right on. All right, guys. Bye.
1: All right. So there you go, more Miki. But yeah, he's for me. He has come full circle. Thirteen Assassins and like I say, we'll be talking more about him uh, next week. I'm pretty positive. I'm looking forward.
2: Working in so many genres too. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, His yeah. musicals. You talked about
1: that uh, that one film he's got coming, Straw Shield.
2: Oh boy, on the boards, yeah. on the boards. So uh, very exciting stuff. I know. He's actually with Black Society and <laughs> Rainy Dog. You know, it's uh, good stuff, man.
1: Looking forward to it. All right, so here we go. We got some uh, voicemail from uh, some others. Here's, here's from, uh, one from a lovely lady.
0: No no introduction needed. Here we go. Hey,
6: guys. It's Christine. Um, I'm calling from my car again, and that's always a mistake. So I'm going to try to talk clearly and slowly and appropriate volume. Um, I am so out of whack on the shows. I have them all downloaded, but for some reason they're in my iPod out of, out of sync. So I'm listening to the Rabid Dogs episode, which I believe is right before Christmas. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so I'm listening to this episode, and I have two comments to make. I'm right in the middle of it. Um, first comment is when Will likened um, Baba to, like, a really classy lady and then said the thing about with the caked on eyeshadow or hiking up skirts. I laughed very loudly. That was a very apt... Um, analogy but it was hysterical as well um, but I knew what I knew what he was again at it was just really funny and he sounded very passionate about it so I appreciated that and then I was really pleased to hear that the talk turned to Hitchcock and, in, in you know his his 70s output, Frenzy, particularly. Um, And when Will was talking about, you know, he was like, hey, hold on, hold on. let me." My my favorite part in Frenzy. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, potato truck. And and I was very happy that Will was talking about the scene with the body and the potatoes, because it is probably, you know, top 10 Hitchcock moments for me ever. It's just so well done. And it's just, yeah, I wish he had been able to make more films like that. But unfortunately, that was not his era. Um, I love you guys, and this is a great episode, and I cannot wait to continue. I'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: Ah, yes, the lovely, beautiful voice of one Christine from uh, Paracinema Magazine and from the Feminine Critique Podcast. uh, Calling from her car again, but she sounds like she, you know, has her points in order and stuff. She acts like calling from the car is a a bad thing but uh I call a lot of voicemails in from my car <laughs> so yep <laughs> because I listen to a podcast in the car and I'm like wait
4: Eli,
1: I got I got something to say
4: <laughs> is that you <real>, JJ <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man but uh yeah she talks about uh you know uh the rabbit dogs episode a little bit and uh I just have this image of her riding in the street yelling
2: potato truck <laughs> yeah man
1: <laughs> but yeah I mean yeah. We Bava and Hitchcock are comparable I would say um, mm-hmm. no doubt about that no doubt about it at all and we do love you Christine it's, it's always nice for you to call
2: really love her and like I said when we get a round table going we want to have Christine on because she's near and dear to our heart and I'm glad she was picking up what I was putting down with the, the Bava being the classy lady who was hiking up her skirt and getting <laughs> a little extra eyeshadow on and yeah the potato truck scene is great in Frenzy that's Kind Of the thing, you know, with yeah. the hands flopping around. It's almost like I have to think that, um, Rennie Harlan, not that I think about it, Rennie Harlan totally lifts that scene for the Zuzu pedals, or no, 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 not, not Zuzu pedals, the scene in the uh, in the cemetery with the <laughs> the quote unquote corpse in the back of the hearse, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Fairlane. That's yeah. a total lift of frenzy. So I never thought about that till right now. But
1: the one with the big breasted lady.
2: Dead oh, yeah, where she, where she wakes up at the end of the scene.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ninja yeah. Dice Clay's like, oh, honey, I hope you filled out some donut cards. Donut
2: cards, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, we're going to get to the next voicemail here. Here we go.
4: Hey, gents. It's the Cinemascus Justin Abrams calling in. I just finished watching 1980's The Island, starring Michael Caine and David Warner. And, yes, Michael Caine actually stumbles upon cocaine at one point and says cocaine. And uh, my cocaine saying, like, cocaine has to make some main creator smiling. Um, anyway, uh, I really enjoyed the film. It's kind of got a weird juxtaposition going all over the place with the genres. It, it really, it's, it's a horror thriller from the beginning and no doubt about that. But it starts off almost like a slasher, you know, and people on the boat kind of get attacked by, you know, some of the pirates, you know, with the ax and that. It just kind of feels like a slasher. But then it moves more into, like, a more of an action thriller and, kind of a family bond between Michael Caine and his son, who's named Justin, and I always mark for one of the characters named Justin in the movie, even if that character can become a little bit of a shit like, uh, Justin did in this movie, but that was the point. Um, I just to say, I'm not sure if you guys, uh, seen it. I have a strong feeling you probably have. Um, I don't know if you guys ever reviewed it, and if you haven't, um, i definitely like to suggest it. I know you guys have a lot on your, uh, radar, but, you know, i definitely like to hear you guys' thoughts on this, uh, it's, I found it really enjoyable. I mean, it, it goes a bit too long. I think you could have maybe shaved uh, a little bit, maybe tighter editing, maybe make it flow a bit better because there are times where they kind of repeat themselves with, you know, Michael almost getting off the island or saying day, not, you know, getting out of... Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, the, the ending's a lot of fun. David Warner's great. Michael Kane is great. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, we would like to hear your guys' thoughts and uh, maybe one day hopefully hear a full-fledged review unless one is already in the archives. and so, i got to go back and download it. Keep up good
1: work, guys. All right, so the Cinemascus calling in. Uh, should we go ahead and mention the Cinemascus' got his uh, own show coming out? If it's not out already. Film Rave, I think it's
2: called? Film Rave, it's a crazy feeling. <laughs> yeah. Justin's got me reeling.
1: Yeah, so the Film Rave. Take some ecstasy and listen, please.
2: Yeah, uh, get your glow sticks in the hands. <laughs> so you can do a light show while you listen.
1: Or insert your glow sticks. Whatever whatever floats your boat.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <if, if> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he talks about the island, the Michael Caine, David Warner film. I've seen that film. Have you ever seen that film?
2: I've not. It's one of the most memorable VHS covers from my youth. Oh and yeah, I know it got yeah, a Blu-ray yeah. release recently. I got to see it, man. Yeah, it's
1: pretty good. I, I think it's good. It's it's pretty bizarre too. But it's uh, you know, kind of a modern day pirates, <laughs> uh, kind of craziness. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. We should definitely we should probably cover it someday. We have never covered it though, Justin. You asked, and we we never covered it. No, but. Uh, Maybe someday. Maybe someday we will. Pretty soon, hopefully. If those bastards of silver and gold don't first. Yeah. (laughs) All right, next voicemail. Hey,
5: fellas, how are you? Um, Sammy had asked on the board to leave a voicemail uh, for something that he's working on, and as I was uh, doing the very simple task of that, which is uh, apparently arduous for anyone under the age of five and drunk Irishman, any time before 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, as I was struggling with that voicemail, I realized that I've never called and dropped you guys a line. Uh, I just wanted to uh, thank you guys for not only putting out a quality show, but becoming really good friends and being really great guys. Um, I really count on the G G T M C to to, uh, you know, make some uh, my shitty job go faster sometime, and uh, I've used it to... Um, to kind of hide from some crappy stuff that's been going on in my life. So it had been going on in my life. So
4: thank you very much. Uh, You know, like,
5: uh, I also feel obligated that I should probably thank you guys. uh, I guess obligation isn't the right word. I feel like I should probably thank you guys for, uh, definitely thank you guys for, you know, all the stuff you've done for the Deadites and Trick or Treat Radio. Uh, My affiliation with you guys and OTC, I definitely think... uh, it makes our, our new little podcast seem a little bit legit to uh, be affiliated with the, uh, you know, for my money, the titans of uh, exploitation film podcasting. So, and definitely you guys and uh, Mr. Force and Mr. Chris have uh, done quite a bit for us. So, you know, for your end of it, thank you very much. Uh, I feel like I'm talking to rock stars right now, so I'm, I'm a little... uh i'm a little nervous so but at any rate uh thank you so much i've really really enjoyed um a lot of the episodes as of late i i um i'm I'm certainly not glad that uh sammy got sick but uh you know some of those episodes while he was down the one that you did with jake and Aaron, uh will those were great that was a great episode Um, i really liked uh the um, the one that you did later, later on down the pike where you uh, were talking about your top first watches of last year. Um, I just really, really, really uh, enjoy the show in general. So uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words because I feel like I should say more to you guys because you've been great guys. And uh, if you listen to me, you guys will learn a lot about podcasting. And, um, the, uh, you know, obviously I love the show. And uh, the thing I'm probably most thankful for, guys, is that somehow, uh, through example, I believe, you guys have built a a great community where a guy like me who can't spell and uh, maybe isn't as knowledgeable as some people in uh, exploitation uh, feels comfortable to go and talk about movies and, uh, you know, doesn't feel like he's going to get beat on by a bunch of grammar trolls or... uh, That's grammar trolls, if you couldn't understand. I I didn't think there were roving bands of grandmothers on your message board that were going to come fight me. No, that would be a good comic. I'm going to hold on a second, write that. Dynamo fights roving bands of grandma trolls. Uh, Anyway, thanks so much, guys. Uh, You guys are rock stars in my eyes, and I've said thanks a million times, and I could say thanks a million times more. So uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, have a great show, and uh, I will be embarrassed in uh, six or seven months with the next feedback show when I actually hear this. <laughs> have a good day, guys.
1: Bye. All right. So that was from uh, Mike over at the uh, Trick or Treat radio podcast. hope I'm saying that right to the Deadites over there. Um, I, you know what? I'm, I, I'm always touched when somebody tells us that, we, that we've helped them get through anything or even through their just work day or if it's just a bad day. Or anything, because that's a, a lot of podcast listening I do helps me do the same thing. Helps me get through work days, boring drives. I drive a long way. Uh spend about an hour to two hours on the road a day. So podcasts help a lot with uh, the chaos that is traffic and insanity and stuff. But they also help a lot with, uh, you know, when things are kind of gloomy or when you get kind of gloomy and stuff, it's nice to turn on a podcast and kind of giggle and laugh and have a good time. So, you know, it's always touching when somebody tells us that.
2: It is. And, you know, like I always say, if you can't insert a glow stick, listen to a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but no, Mike, you know, you can always count on us, man. And I'm glad you feel that way, just like Sammy said. It's, uh, we're glad you consider us a Titan. And we're glad that you're happy to be affiliated with us. We're happy to be affiliated with you. And we're happy that you, um, you guys are as quality as you are, quality people above all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you're great and we love you, man. Just
0: yeah.
1: keep
2: doing what you guys do. Don't There's ever a lot of passion.
1: Yeah, don't ever be nervous talking to us. We're just a couple dudes, man. <laughs> yeah. He, he says in the voicemail you know, kinda of like he's talking to some some rock stars or something. We're not rock stars. We're just a couple <laughs> dudes. <laughs> Trust me.
2: I'm I'm lying in my basement <laughs> in my office some, <laughs> on the floor with a shielding blanket and a pillow. This is not very rock star.
1: Yeah, some of the things we do right before we go on air and right after we get off the air. Uh, trust me, oh. we're we're very human.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> to say the least. to Pull the beef curtain back a little bit. Yeah, that stanky curtain. All right, uh, <laughs> next voice. We got a series of voicemails here from Paul. One of them, uh, a couple of them, are kind of old. I didn't realize how old these were, but here we go.
7: Hey there, guys. It's Paul here from Manchester, UK, from the Facebook group. Just outside work, having a little cigarette before we start. I finished listening to um, episode 192 about on Sunday this morning. I been watched it last night. I started listening to the episode on the way home from work and finished it off this morning. I just want to, um, to agree with your sentiments exactly. Beautifully made film. Beautiful acting. Sorry, I'm just taking a cold from cigarette. Um, and then... Um, what I loved about it most was little subtleties within it. There's some beautiful little subtleties that I won't go over because you've mentioned them yourself, them yourself um, on the show. And I just want to thank Large William for talking this at his number two of last year because I'd have never heard of it otherwise. Um, me and... Miriam, her wife, Sabine, as of next May, both really, really, really enjoyed it. It was the kind of film we could watch together, which is great. And this is a good thing and a bad thing. She told me while we were watching it that the world cinema is... She prefers to um. Hollywood cinema, which is brilliant. I love that, but it's also bad because I'm marrying her next year. And I... Um, should have known that already and we've been together nearly eight years now, but there you go. There's I'm sure and supposedly more we'll find out about each other when we get married. So, yeah, I just want to say keep up the great work. I really enjoyed it, and, and certainly going to find out, um, dig out some more, um, Denny nerve films in future, um, for sure little search his back catalogue.
0: <laughs> see if there's anything
7: else I can get a hold of. So yeah, keep up the good work. Really enjoying the show, and I can't wait for Soul Number um, 200. It sounds really promising from what Sammy was
2: saying. How you? All right. So Red Waffle, uh, you're very welcome, friend Sandy. Man, it's uh, we were glad to talk about it, and I couldn't wait for Rick to see it. So yeah, Denis Villeneuve, a bunch of his films are on Blu-ray. I know he did one um, about one of the, the biggest tragedies in our country uh polytechnique which is about the polytechnique school of montreal when i was younger uh mark lapine i think it was walked into the school and killed a lot of women mm. um so yeah um and yeah 200 episode 200 was fun i mean we had dear people on yes um you know as dear as it gets so it was uh it was great to have them on and it was great to record man like you said it's it's funny as we have that in the rearview mirror now. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's crazy with the show show th- hitting three hundred and all these shows like you know hitting a hundred. All these milestones. So it's very cool.
1: Yes, I know. Yeah, On Sunday's, uh great film. It's a great film. I think it made my top thirty last. Day. I think it did. I'm pretty positive it did. I can't remember though. I can never remember my top thirty. Was, I, I got them all written down somewhere, but I don't know where.
2: Maybe. It was number two for me. Uh, the great year film. it came out, number two. I want to say yeah.
1: Yeah, we hope 200 lived up to the hype. I hope so, too, because we kind of teased it for a little bit. But we hope it lived up to the hype because we had a lot of fun recording it. No doubt about that. Oh, yeah. It's always good to get those dudes on the show. And by those dudes, I mm-hmm. mean those dudes. Yeah. <laughs> no, They know who they are. And everybody else listens West to the <laughs> show. Yes, the West Coast connection. All right. We got another one for Paul. Here we go.
3: Hi there, guys. It's Paul again here. I just want
4: to comment on a comment you made, not within the actual
7: um, review of the game itself on um, episode 210 but before then when Sammy had watched um, a Charles Bonson movie where uh, he was talking about political correctness and some of the terms being used in the film and um, how nowadays you could not get away with that and how even anti-heroes you don't see with them in movies. Now... Next year, there's a film coming out. I don't know if you've read the book, but Phil over I'm Welsh, who famous with um, Well, Train Spotting, which Danny Ball directed, a, a movie of. Um, now, if you've read it, you'll know what I mean. Um, I'm pretty sure Will hasn't read it. I swear, he mentioned it once about a year ago on the board. This is the scummiest piece of filth police officer you will ever read. And if the director gets it right, the police officer's name is Bruce Robertson. um, It will be, you could actually see that on screen if he does it to the book. Now, don't think they will, because first of all, they've got James McAvoy playing a role who, for one, I think he's too young, because he seems a lot older than James McAvoy in the book, and it just doesn't, I mean, he could completely surprise me and put in this to a real start, but I just don't, um, see it from that perspective, but then from another perspective, um, the director is called um, John S. Baird, who's only of a noteworthy film, and it's not even noteworthy, it's a piece of shit, It's called Cass, about a similar vein to Green Street, the football factory, it's about football hooligans called Cass Pennant, he's wrote a lot of novels, he's one of the most well-known football hooligans in Britain, yeah, he makes celebrities out of football hooligans, believe it or not. I um, mean, that was starring Nunzo Atonose, who was, uh, he played Burke in the Grey, he's in the Conan remake, he's um, Zaro, Zohan Daxos in Game of Thrones, he, um, well, he played Kath anyway in that, and the film itself was a piece of shit, so my point being, maybe he could get away with putting this character of Bruce Robinson and writing him how he is in the book, and if he does, Forget Dirty Harry. Forget whatever it was Bronson was in this film. If he put right here, how it is in the book, you will never see a more unpolitically correct police officer or unpolitically correct anything put to film. Um, and I really, really, really hope he does this with a film. Not because I like hearing racist language, but it is all politically correct offensive words on what have you, because I'm not racist at all or anything like that. I just think it's such a big part of the book. I mean, it's every second sentence that you can't... And I know, yeah, you'll have to tone it down a bit, but you can not have it. Otherwise, you might as well not bother making it, in my opinion. And I was wondering what you feel about that or how the rest of listeners would feel about that would be maybe boycott it on that basis, the film. I mean, I think it would be a piece of shit anyway because I don't think this director has the chops to make a good film A good film out of such a... I think mean, it's one of my favourite novels of all time. Um, they just think it's... Forget the racist language and things like that. It's funny anyway. Just the shenanigans this cop gets up to, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, he, the drugs he takes, and oh, it's just brilliant. So, if you've not read it, read it. Um, because it will blow your mind. It's better than tra- the train spotting book. And this, I think, giving even better. Hands. If Danny Boyle were directing this and stay true to the book, it'd be better than train spotting. Far better book than train spotting. So, it, I'm just. The point is, I've said it's a long-winded phone call. It is definitely one to watch out for, for that kind of thing we're talking about um, in terms of the political incorrectness um, with anti-heroes or heroes. Um, the only, only real notable name in the film itself is um, what this two, Jamie Bell and... Billy Elliot, you know, he was in, he played since then. Um, and um, Jim Broadbent, I don't know if you know who he is. He's been in a few Hollywood movies, but he's a lot well, more known over there. He's a, he's a really good actor. He's, a, he's an older chap, but, you know, he, he he's done his time-served actors. I, I like him, and I'm pretty certain do, James does. So, yeah, um... Should watch out for it. And just want to say again, the review of the game was in line with my thoughts. Um, I absolutely love that movie, and James has got the DVD. Sad at all, and he's never watched it. So tell him, you asked to watch it. James, watch the game before Christmas. Make it the next film you watch. Well, I know it won't be because it's, it's probably won't get played for a week or two or something like that. But when you hear this, watch it the next day. I insist. Um, and again, keep up the good work, guys. I cannot wait to come over next year to Toronto and meet up with the big Willie, um, hoping for some good times, and to go back once before to his gorgeous hometown, to Toronto, and I get to discover Niagara. If I don't ring in before, I'm sure I will, because I ring in quite a lot. I hope you both have a really, really great Christmas. You get everything you wish for, that your kids enjoy it and that your families enjoy it, because other than great podcasters, I've got to know you both quite well um, on the boards. Not like, I don't mean next door neighbour, but... You know what I'm saying, your personalities and your traits and things like that. And you really are two of the nicest guys um, I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to. Um, And hopefully Sammy, you'll be there as well. Um, If you can be, it's the week of the 21st of August. So that would be awesome if you were there, but... Yeah, um keep up the good work. Have a great Christmas. And happy new year. Um Happy Thanksgiving. I think that's soon, isn't it, Sammy? So hope you have a great Thanksgiving and all calendar of theirs already. Um oh, it's Bill's birthday today, so and all happy birthday to Will. Um hope oh, you've had a great day and got everything you wanted. Um, okay, I'll don't waffle on yourself. Now. <laughs> See
0: you later. Bye. All
1: right. So, uh, Paul talking about uh, the novel Filth, and I think uh, it's a film coming out. I don't know who he says somebody to direct the film, but I didn't catch it. But anyway, I have not read that novel. And if uh, okay, here it is. It's labeled as a 2013 release. Filth, directed by one John S. Baird. Uh, yeah, got an interesting cast. No
2: relation right? to
1: Kelly. Yeah, Northern Kelly, no, unless he buys a lot of Blu-rays. Uh, yes, Jamie Bell, little Imogene Poots is in it.
2: That's oh it. man, she's got she's uh, she was good in uh, despite having an awful name. She was good in uh, uh, oh the remake, uh, Friday. Night.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I like her. I like her quite a bit. I think she's uh she's cute. Yeah, she is cute. Make a
2: crass Poots joke right
1: now, <laughs> yeah. but I won't. <laughs> I will. I'd like to get in them Poots. Yeah, Pooties, <laughs> Pooty bootie, Pooty Tang. Yeah, a little Sorry. from the pootie. <laughs> Got a little too crask. Uh, crask? I think I just said crask. I don't even know what crask is. <laughs> Might be that film that builds up around the, <laughs> around the poot hole. All right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I uh, hope, uh, hope to make it to Toronto, buddy. I really do. I, the plan is to show up for a couple of days, so uh, that's the plan. I don't know when and if uh, – well, I know when, but I don't know if, if it will happen, but that's the plan, so –
2: and there's going to be a barbecue yes. of epic proportions at uh, Ghetto Tim's Place. So. Yes. Toga. I mean,
1: we're going to be using GGTMC spits, which means uh, me and Will stand on two different sides and treat whoever comes to the country for the first time like finger cuffs, baby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, we wear nothing but an ear cuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with a saber-toothed tiger tooth on it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next voicemail from Paul.
0: Here we go.
5: Hi there, Gary. It's Red Waffle, Paul again. Um, I
7: hope you're this this. That's about what the other email I sent. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet, because I know the last one was really long. But I was, as we was talking about the um, film version of the um Welsh novel, Filth, Um, I actually follow him on Twitter and uh, I tweeted him and said, how true to the book is um, the film of filth going to be and will the character of Bruce Robertson's racism or anything like that be toned down? And his reply was, no punches pulled. So there you have it. We don't need to speculate, apparently. You're going to get that anti-hero as such of the 70s that you used to get where um, they could say what they want and be politically prepped as they want so just thought I'd update you <laughs> alright guys bye
1: alright so there's Paul calling back talking a little bit more about filth saying that they're not going to pull any punches I hope they don't I hope they don't I've never read the book like I said but I'm really looking forward to this uh, film because it sounds like it's going to be politically incorrect kind of aggressive <laughs>
2: There's a lot of foul uh, racial language used by the principal, uh, the titular filth of policemen in it. I yeah, know that. So yeah
1: It's. I'll, I'll give you the plot synopsis for you guys. Uh, a bipolar, bigoted, junkie cop manipulates and hallucinates his way through the festive season in a bid to secure promotion and win back his wife and daughter. So it sounds like it's going to be pretty insane.
2: <laughs> Imogen Poots, I guess, is going to be the daughter. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. Her name isn't last name isn't Robertson, no. Oh, well. I think Shauna McDonald is going to be the daughter or the wife. Huh. But I don't know. It could be a pretty young girl because James McAvoy is playing the lead, and he's pretty young.
2: Oh, McAvoy's playing the filth. Yeah, McAvoy's playing the filth. Yeah.
1: Wow. Oh. So, this should be, should be interesting. Eddie Marsan's in there too. The great Eddie Marsan. Oh, nice. Great, Eddie
2: Marsan, <laughs> the great face. One of our favorites. Yeah, he's got such an
1: yeah. interesting face. <laughs> All right, Marsan's uh, great. One more voicemail from Paul here. Here we go.
7: Hi, guys. It's Paul here um, from Manchester. I'd just like to say, um, I think um, this before, obviously, ringing with me top 30 for the year. Um, It's like a pre-top 30 phone-in. I just want to say, I think it's really has been a great year for cinema this year. Um, And this community, like, in terms of films maybe a bit left field and what have you that I wouldn't pick picked up on or thought of to watch from a year end with people like posting on the MISO account saying what they're watching and like ooh um, might have to cram that in myself it's um, been absolutely fantastic and uh, there's a couple more that people have posted um, that I'd still like to see if I can cram them in before then although I'm working every hour and that God at the minute to um, pay for my wedding. But um, I'm sure I'll find time. I've uh, started using my uh, mobile phone, because it plays AVI's, um to watch films up to and from the way to work. Um, so, yeah, um, just to, again, another great testament to, this whole community—not just the GGTMC, but Silver and Gold, and Podcast Without Honor and Humanity, and just people's own Facebook pages themselves—really, um, I've got a fantastic bunch of guys here um, and girls in this within this community, all with interesting thoughts on films. Not no one opinion is ever really exactly the same and i just like to say keep up the good work and I know you always say uh, only as good as like your members and what have like, you and your listeners but it is a great great show and you should be truly proud and I say this every time I ring in I absolutely love this community it really adds like boosted should of maybe the right word my enthusiasm for film i've always had an enthusiasm but i went through a bit of a lull where um i went through one of them periods that a few of us have been through where i've had to maybe sell off a bunch of films and it you know it gets you down doing that you spend your money and on them and then you find all your short of cash for something or something breaks in your household and you have to sell a bunch and then it puts you in a bit of a lull and you don't really want to watch anything but um, I've been you know been able to find a lot of bargains people always posting up bargains and things like that as DVDs and Blu-rays so they can watch me spending in that sense and um, always watch fantastic movies and yeah over the like over the last year now I think I've watched since January last year. I'm on over 400 and odd films. Watched 65, I think, this year alone. So, um, yeah, I don't know when this will be played. It'll probably be maybe after the year-end show because I know you're cramming in a lot of emails at the minute. Always brilliant to hear from the awesome Fabian. Um, And I'd just like to shout out, if you don't mind me doing so, James' Day of Crime. Um, that he's doing on the 1st of June a Saturday in a small cinema in Manchester Um, with Mike Malloy's Your Old Crime documentary being the second feature on the show I have two tickets for me and what will be my wife then because I get married in May Miriam she's agreed to come along Um, I said it's a duty as a wife to watch this and um I really cannot wait to see it. I know um, James saw it at Fantastic Fest, was it, earlier on this year, and he had nothing but good things to say about it. And I really hope any British GGTA and team member try and book the day off work in advance, try and get there. £8 for a ticket for free movies, I imagine... Uh, you know, there's going to be a bar, and I don't know the full details yet. Um, I have said to James, uh, "In any way it can help, I will do." But it'll be a fantastic day, and it'd be great for like-minded people to meet up. So, um, please try your hardest to come if you are from Britain or within within the northwest of England. From anywhere, if you you know, tra- I know I can understand with travel costs and things like that. But if you book it far enough in advance. Um, and you know you can, you're can you going to be free that day, then you can get cheap train tickets. It's only a, say, a 10-minute drive, I'd say, 15 minutes maximum outside the city centre. But there's bus services that uh, go to that area of Manchester. It's actually on the way to my parents from um, Manchester. They live on the other side of Manchester, me. My parents, and it's on the way there, and they take about... Maybe again, like fifteen minutes on the bus, twenty minutes on the bus. Um, so, yeah, to let get, let's all get behind James because he's working really, really, really hard um, for this, and it's fantastic. And big shout out to Mike for letting him show this. Um, and I, re- Mike, I really, really cannot wait to see it. I am properly, properly excited. So. Anyway, um, keep up the good work with the show, um, and as always, I'll probably ring in again. Bye.
1: All right, so there's Paul talking a little bit pre-Top 30 and about how the community... <laughs> and uh, you know what? The one thing about the community that really is true, and Will just said this at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, you'll be you'll go to Facebook, you'll think, yeah, my cramming for 2012 is done, and then five people will post five different films, and you're like,
3: motherfucker.
0: <laughs> yep
1: (laughs) but it's part of the fun of this cramming and the way we set it up i think that part of the fun is from january to march it's just it's insanity and i i'm i I look forward to it every year i gotta be honest with you it's a great way to start the year film wise i always take a bit of a cool down period after the the cramming and uh, play a lot of video games and read a lot of i try to read a lot in march and april and stuff like that because i don't get to read as much as i used to so you know it's it's a pick your poison i love to read i love to watch films i love to play video games but i also have a two-year-old little boy so you know what do you do so i I, i'm trying to right now i'm really kind of cranking through some books i just read uh rugger howard's biography pam greer's biography i read those back to back and i'm working on some other stuff right now that uh, free kindle book that was out uh about the, the story behind the failure of john carter of mars i started that puppy last night so oh nice i'm gonna try to read a lot of uh cinema type stuff this year so, very cool yeah but uh yeah netflix is great for on your phone that's why you can it's great when people say you're in cram on netflix instant i'm like fuck yeah put that puppy on the yep. iphone
2: <laughs> yeah man that's the thing right i mean with us using vpn services it has to be at home or using spot flux or something on yep. a computer at work but yeah he's right man it is a great year for film and a great group with great sister shows show show sylvan Gold, Mill creeps um all of our friends and uh yeah, we are only as good as our members we say it because it's true it
1: is true it is true <laughs> and uh our our group our group will make you buy blu rays i can tell you that right now
2: yeah it's true
1: <laughs> and yeah he's talking about James's uh little cinema thing there it's a little old i think it's uh right before christmas or, i don't know when it is but you know we support James obviously we wish we could be there but uh we cannot but yeah i hope people yes. show up over there all right now we got a couple of voicemails from uh, a character known as Dr.
0: Zob. Uh, here we go. Gentlemen. Ms. Ms. Dr. Zob.
3: It's about 1 a.m. on a Friday. Indianapolis, Indiana. And, um, yes. Had some good pulled pork. Met some new friends.
4: Now I'm back in my room. I'm fucking tired. Head's
3: pounding. I gotta get up in about eight hours. Do this shit all over again. Cracker barrel. Target. Big
7: Lots. We'll be doing it all again, da.
4: Somebody say somebody get crazy. This is Dr. Zom from Horror Hound.
3: I feel like shit. And I'm going
4: to fucking bed. Bunch of hippies.
1: Alright, so there you go. That 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 voice smells old. I meant to play that a long time ago. That was uh the uh <laughs> we were at the party that night and uh we were all looking around. It was getting kind of late, and we were all looking around, and all of a sudden, Zom was gone. This is a Horror Hound Weekend voicemail. So. <laughs> I was like, where'd Zom go? <laughs> and he was gone
2: because he was tired.
3: Somebody say something about getting crazy. Somebody say something about getting crazy. Zom went back to the hotel. He uh, he soaked up that hand right up to the elbow, and he got crazy.
1: <laughs> he had to get up early do it all over again. A little Cracker Barrel action
2: yeah and and uh and the and the the blueberry hill, what a fucking breakfast joint that was <laughs> that's
1: what I heard I, I slept in that morning. I was feeling
2: oh, you missed out man. I had
1: well that's I had, cool. remember you got guess gotta remember I had that toothache
2: and, oh, uh, that's right,
1: that was a nightmare man i i'll I'll remember that horror hound forever, and I look at those pictures, and I think, yeah, I look so happy in those pictures, but deep down inside, if any of you've ever had a major toothache, you know the hell you're going
2: through oh fucking constant agony
1: and i was taking i was pumping any kind of over-the-counter pain pill i could find but i didn't want to shimp on the party you know so i was drinking that uh, apple pie moonshine which uh was sweet and oh man it would hit the nerve of that tooth
2: oh ooh.
1: let me tell you buddy i'd tear off both my toenails again to get past that pain
2: oh man
1: <laughs> oh at least the toenail pain was temporary that shit felt like it was ongoing
2: oh, man god <laughs> Oh I can't but, imagine I don't I st- want to choose.
1: I still had a great time though I gotta say still had a great time always, always a great time you guys got to, anybody that thinks thinking about going just do it just do it yeah. all right. next voicemail from Zom.
3: gentlemen guide to midnight cinema this is dr Zom um got a little snafu um in the recording schedule. I was supposed to join you all for my picks and uh at first when uh, samurai pointed out to me that uh that you guys couldn't get a hold of me uh to record um i was like oh shit i came home from work and i went right to sleep then probably about 10 or 15 minutes later i realized wait a minute while you were recording i was at fucking work uh so anyway it just got all fucked up um but we'll do it we'll do it sometime uh i'm just interested and curious to hear your take on the two flicks that I picked. Uh, I had a really good line uh, prepared for Out of the Blue uh, and Linda Manns, who um, as you know, uh, later uh, played Rorschach in The Watchmen. See, that was my line. Now I I didn't even get to use it. Uh, But anyway... um, both movies, uh, I really enjoy, uh, I've, uh, I've told you guys before, I'm a big Dennis Hopper fan, and, uh, when I was younger, I kind of sought out just about everything that he did, um, you know, that was on DHS, uh, and, um, that's where I came across Out of the Blue, and, um, it was definitely a different movie, and I was a Neil Young fan, uh, at the time, and, uh, like, you know, his music, um. Kind of a strange, odd, weird movie. Uh Don Gordon is in it. Uh old friend of Steve McQueen and apparently of Dallas Hopper too and uh plays a good role. Uh kind of a there's some creepy people in it. <laughs> but anyway, uh and the um Sean Dorfer uh, Le uh three seventeen m uh whatever the fuck, uh, 317th Platoon. Um, That's one that I really also, uh, I discovered that one just by looking up pictures of uh, Bruno Kramer. And um, I couldn't find it. I was like, what's this movie? You know, it looks like he's in Vietnam or something. You know, what is it? What is it? What is it? And then I finally found it, finally sought it out and uh, got a hold of it. And uh, was really impressed um, with uh, this movie. And, you know, um, he also did a movie called uh Dian Bien Fu. Um uh three seventeen platoon is a uh, really small, kind of a platoon size uh you know, tight uh, uh, version of the uh, French in um Indochina. And uh on the other hand it's in black and white and on the in the other hand, on the other hand, uh Dian Bien Fu is a huge um, uh, you know, epic and it's uh, kinda of divided into two parts throughout the whole movie, which is uh the uh, people in Saigon uh, who are partying and going to operas, and and uh, the soldiers are there too, and they're talking, you know, uh, drinking and uh, you know, on R and R. And then when Dien Bien Phu gets ready to fall, uh, you get to see the the guys that were actually at that uh, that uh, firebase that were pretty much under siege, just laying in the mud, and you know, the, just the the contrast between the. The two, but anyway, I just want to put my two cents in since I fucked up, but uh we'll do it sometime uh, we will get together, and uh we will uh possibly maybe have a uh gentleman uh and uh sylvan gold uh tag team uh podcast where the four of us can get on there and review something uh something really uh maybe something controversial, maybe something divisive. Uh, you know, and we'll see what happens, but I apologize, and uh, just things got fucked up. Uh, I don't know if, you know, some people, if you work midnight shifts, sometimes you you can get kind of screwed up in the head about uh, what time's what, because when I actually go to work, it will be one day for just about an hour or so, and then, you know, I work the whole night, it's the next day, so it just, it just totally screwed me up. Uh, I didn't even have off. Uh, I thought we were going to record... Uh, at 5 a.m. coming up. Uh, even took a bunch of notes and, uh, printed off a bunch of stuff about both movies and was, was set the, stuff that I printed off in the bathroom so I could read it while I was taking the shit We're in the tub. But anyway, uh, we'll take care of business one of the, 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 for for up and, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, this is the American dream, Dusty Rose saying to the Kentucky wildcat and the Canadian hillbilly. Zom, whoop. Watch Sylvan Gold, or listen to it, and watch it, and go to the page, and all that shit. Yeah.
1: All right, so there we go. Zom uh, apologizing for not being on the show he programmed for Kickstarter. Uh, a little tired that morning. But, uh, yeah,
2: what a what a flop <laughs> show Zom was that morning. <laughs>
1: Speaking of flounders, um, yeah. he did have a good joke, though. Lindemann's Linda man's, man's or man, Anyway, <laughs> so showing up as Rorschach and Watchmen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> which i think i actually i didn't make the joke but i made the observation that they could pass for brother and sister
1: they really so. they really could yeah and, and there's some from the same era of film right You know, the 70s so you know because yeah jackie O'Haley's will always he'll be synonymous with me bad for, news bears yeah that's that's always going to be the, every time i see him to this day i think of bad news bears even as rorschach i was thinking man i fucking love <laughs> bad news bears <laughs>
2: And what's it called? The uh, the cycling one with Christopher. Um, oh, yeah. Breaking away. Breaking away. Another, yeah. another jockey jockey, Jackie Earl Haley.
1: And here's what I'll commit to for all of our listeners. Okay. The GG TMC S&G episode will happen this year. Yes. I can't tell you when, <laughs> but I will commit that it will happen this year. The four yes. man tag team match will happen this year. Finally. We are all uh, massaging our anuses for this show. Uh, for the glow stick insertion, and uh, we will be ready to go yeah. Yeah. so it 's going to happen this year i don 't know what we 're going to cover, but i 'm sure it 'll be fun and it 'll be great to have those guys on the show and vice versa so so that is the big show. we hope you guys enjoyed it uh next week top thirty time one last week of, one last week shovel. of cramming yeah I got uh one two i think three more films that i 'm definitely cramming. Uh, the good thing about this week is I can add an extra film because I don't have to watch one for the show. So I'll probably get yeah. four or five more in. Uh, I'm definitely getting Argo in this week, and uh, because everybody's seen it, I got to get that in. And uh, one other one uh, that I'm definitely getting in this week that you've seen. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, I got a couple more lined up. So no Coyote, it's almost I here. Have Eleven. Ooh, well, good luck with that. I'm
2: not doing it. Yeah, that's not happening. If I can get half of those, I'll be happy. Yeah.
1: Well, see, some of you guys have been, you know, dropping these ones lately. I've just been like, you know what? Fuck it. Like Teddy, I've been like, fuck it. I, I just, if I get a chance, I get a chance. But I got my list. This is what I'm going with, and I, I can't. If I add any more, I'm fucking
2: myself. I just gotta go. Yeah, you're glow sticking yourself. But uh,
1: the problem is, like with Loaf, I hit him up on compliance. <laughs> and <laughs> he was done <laughs> and he's like fuck
2: <laughs> yeah like, loaf's cramming he's running hard man
1: yeah so we'll see but that is uh, next week top 30 show so we don't really have time for pleasantries this morning I don't think so because uh, uh, gotta...
2: I can do them if you can do them I'll do them oh yeah
1: I'm, I'm fine I'm, I, I don't do okay. anything I just sit here and wait for you to get done <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah let's do it so check out our sister shows Sylvan Gold show show and no creeps um, check out Kiss, the feminine critique Podcast that honor and humanity. Cinema awesome. Action attraction. Married with clickers. The Glee cast. Paleo cinema. Family movie night. Podcast on fire. Thirty five mm heroes. Tin striker versus punter. Notlp. Uh, the big red podcast. Better in the dark. V cinema. Uh, the Criterion cast. Hang on here. Um. Projection booth. Mondo film. Love that album. Uh, Our Zom this week uh, covers some, some Ringo Starr, David F. Six joints with the lovely Maurice. Nice um, movie matchup. Movies about girls, a man, a kid, a pony. Trick or treat radio, uh, the good, the bad, the odd. Uh, and then of course check out uh, the Gore Press Gorecast. And then we also have Parasinema.net. Get a subscription. Um, Nightmare TV. We are Young Monster. Teleport City.com farreachingfilms.blogspot.com uh, Check out all of these being .blogspot.com The GGTMC Rupert Pupkin Speaks Deadly Doll's House Chuck Norris Ate My Baby Fist of B-List Cinema Gonzo Playground of Doom uh, I haven't seen Dusty around the boards, man. I gotta hit, I reach out to Dusty our good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scared Shiftless and Shasta Moon in the Gutter Wax Mask Greg Bringing the Thunder this week Coming stateside to keep it funky man, Funky little, Fresh
1: little chocolate milk
2: A little chocolate milk <laughs> Uh Oily Maniac, The Death Rattle, uh lightningbugslayer.com here Hero Never Dies, The Freaking Awesome Network. Oh, I had to film right to the to the roll call here yeah. before I forget. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, Yeah, that's right. The, the glue sticks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right Alright. Uh, and uh Hero Never Dies, Freaking Awesome Network, Feed My Ears man the, the john's got something real great going on over there for music lovers man he's really turned that into something so yeah kudos to him yeah i really got something nice going on there region incognito uh, check out uh, diabolicdvd.com um cinema-de-bizarre.com omg-entertainment.com which this episode was brought to you by uh, Check out camera cura join the facebook group Check us out on the Twitters and leave iTunes reviews, please.
1: Yes, as always. That's it. That's all. Yes, that is it. So, yes, next week, Top 30. Uh, If you want to call in your Top 30s, if you want to post them to the Facebook group. um, Massive. If you want to send them an email form, whatever you want to do, um, you need to do it this week. And also... If you want to get in here, take that shit to the balls. I need it at least by the weekend, I would say, at the very latest. So please okay. get them in because I have to put together that intro that is hanging over my head like crazy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but we got some pretty good ideas there, though. So Yeah, oh, definitely. So we'll have some fun with that. Um, okay, so that is everything. With that, I will say adios. Adios.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com. You can call the gentleman at 206-666-5207 and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com.